Hi, I'm Tyler Perry. Madea and I, we've been through a lot. Through many ups and many downs. Through new jobs, new unions. From haunted houses to the big house. We've seen our share of things. Some stories show us how to get through the hard times with grace and dignity. This ain't one of them movies. <laughs> We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, well, no, in fact, Abe is actually not here this week, which was a stunning shocker given what we have in store for you guys this week. But Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I normally discuss new movies weekly. However, every now and then we like to have these special bonus episodes, whether it's one of our fun commentary tracks or something completely different. And this, this is the epitome of something completely different, because with a lack of like new major releases, except with the exception of one, we decided to do something special for this week's episode about Now with Aaron and Abe. We're going to be having a uh, an episode devoted to Medea's family funeral. Um, <laughs> sorry, a Medea family funeral. <laughs> let's, let's make sure I get that right. Sorry. Tyler Perry's a Medea family funeral. Yeah. Uh, the, the, this episode... As you no doubt have already seen on your iPod or what have you, is it's called Marcus versus Medea because I want to make sure that we get a <laughs> a good understanding of what we're dealing with here. Where we we with this supposedly being the last of the Medea films, which I have not seen any of, um, I wanted to get an opinion of somebody and who I respect to talk about Medea and to go into it in general because clearly these films have their fan base and and, and I just I wanted to like get a voice in here to, to tell me what I need to know about Medea and hopefully the listeners so we can have a fun time here we have other things going on but before I keep going let me get to our guest here joining us to discuss a Tyler Perry's of Medea family funeral we have from movies Marcus he's nobody's fool when it comes to a family reunion over a family that prays it's Marcus Robinson uh I was gonna say hello but geez I, I'm not gonna do that it- <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. I can't do that. Well, Marcus, how are you? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Well, I'm better now that I'm out of that. So, well, we'll talk about this. We'll talk. It was, about... it was a rough Black History Month. I was gonna say we'll talk about your Black History Month <laughs> in general, between all the things that have been happening. Um, but yeah, we're so that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna um, not go over some of the regular things here. We're going to just do some uh, some extended out now quickies and some other fun stuff to just kind of talk about some movies and then have our main event, which is having Mark discuss his experience seeing Tyler Perry's Medea family funeral. But yeah, with all that said, <laughs> let me get to some show notes real quick. First up, a uh, new commentary track is coming. It is a new month, which means we'll do a new track, so we'll probably record something in the next couple of weeks or so. Get something out there. It should be a lot of fun. we got to decide on what movie we want to talk about. But uh, we certainly have some ideas. And um, what else? Um, our Oscar shows, we had a couple Oscar shows. We had our predictions episode and then our results episode recorded immediately after the Oscars, which was a lot of fun. Uh, we had Mark Hoban and my lovely girlfriend on to join us for those. Those are up on iTunes and everywhere else you can find our show now. So be sure to check those out. Uh, I'd be curious how many people listen to the prediction show after they've already seen the Oscars. If like that's a curiosity they have. We have a we, we had a fun time. It's a good show regardless. I just I, I'm curious about that because it's like did anybody. No, did you guys guess Green Book? Um, none of us predicted Green Book Best Picture. No. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there. I, I I held out for Black Klansman. Um, okay. Mark Mark and Anna chose. Ro- I think Mark Anna and Abe all chose Roma. 
Um, I thought Mark was going to choose Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> it, it was one of his honorable mentions, and he does listen. We know you do. Um, so, <laughs> but uh, no, he he went the for the smart pick, which was still wrong. Um, <laughs> happy end of Black History. <laughs> oh man, poor Spike. Uh, he won an Oscar. He had fun. Yeah. He, 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 you see his Instagram. It's all Oscars. <laughs> in, it's all Oscars in his shoes. Like that's, that's true. <laughs> that's all his picture hey. right now. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but yeah, those Oscar shows, those are up now. Though those are a lot of fun. We actually have a question later on. We'll get to some more Oscar thoughts. Uh, but for now iTunes reviews and ratings, good to get those. Helps out our show. If you like what we're doing here, talking about Medea, or you like other things that we do on this show, <laughs> either way, you can log on to iTunes. You can give us a rating and review. That'd be great. Thank you in advance. And uh, all right, let's um, so let's uh, let's get into it. Uh, before we get to uh, Tyler Perry, let's uh, go over some things that we've seen recently. Let's do some out, out quickies. We're each week and out now. We talk about one main movie of the week, but we also talk about other movies that we see here the week. That's why we're going out of quickies. TM. Thank you. Thank all you. right yeah yeah on the on, you see we're on the same page that's see that's, without without abe to bog me down I, I'm, I'm on my game tonight yeah that's right like yeah i, I should bring in a game knowing that you have no competition <laughs> no, 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 no. No, you have, but you have no competition i should pull One up some i should pull up I'll tyler perry's medea trivia right now just to see uh, i'll still come in last <laughs> but yeah no we'll, we'll, who knows? You know, we had to just kick Abe off this all together. Just be, just be <laughs> out now, Barry and Marcus up in here, since Abe was a coward and decided not to join us for this episode. <laughs> but, uh, for now, though, <laughs> let's uh, let's do a little back and forth. Have you seen anything recently, Marcus? Um, yeah, I saw Period End of Story. Oh, okay, that's uh, the uh, the Oscar winning best uh, short documentary. Yeah, it, it was it was it was really good. I mean, uh, for what would I want out of a short documentary other than for it to be longer? That I mean. I think that's that's a great short documentary. The uh, I guess it was funded by um, a school in L.A. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's a it's a it's a super important story. Um, I sometimes you don't realize how what the difficulties are with other countries and with women in other countries until you see something like this where. Somebody, you know, uh, half of the the women go on their period, or they, you know, um, they start their period and they have to drop out of school because they don't have the access to pads because they're too expensive, or you know, they their their clothing, or you know, something like that. Or so just the topic itself is taboo, which is right. Or the topic itself is very taboo. Nobody wants to talk about it. There, there's half of the the movie is guys going, I don't want to talk about it, and then their wives or daughters going well he knows what you're talking about he just won't talk about it so, so, so to be clear just to just to clarify for everyone yeah, that's not yeah, already just, sure this movie takes place in india it's about indian yes. women who are fighting the stigma around menstruation um, yes. and, and there's also like this beginning of a of manufacturing pa- of sanitary sanitary pads for these women right 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 right, right. and uh yeah it was it was really enjoyable i i i it, it opened my eyes up to to uh uh, this thing that that I didn't really think about, and you know, uh, getting um, having women get access to pads around the world is is something that you know people should should uh, 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 should be thinking about. Really, I mean, uh, they, I guess this thing is going to expand, and they're trying to get like a funding to have this the, these little um, pad makers. I guess I would you'd call them. All over the world, mm-hmm. in in these 
in these kind of poor countries or countries where women are kind of second class ish citizens. So I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And that's on Netflix, right? That's on Netflix. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, I, don't, I, thinking... I don't know. I watched all the shorts. So I have screener links to them. So I was like, I, I know some of these are available on Netflix. But uh... yeah, that one was available on Netflix. I think they even shouted out Netflix on uh, on the Oscars. So yeah, I think that one and Endgame, um, I think, are both available on Netflix, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Did you get a chance to see any of the other uh, short films? Um, I saw uh, the. I went to a screening of uh, all the short. Uh, um, Animated and uh, live action. Oh, you've seen all of them then? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So except for the documentaries, this that's... is the only documentary that I that I've seen. No, that's fair. But uh, Bao was the correct answer. Oh, so you, was... you liked Bao? Yeah, oh yeah, it was perfect. It I like the animation. I actually I liked all the animation. I was actually I was sometimes you get you know some weaker links or whatnot. And I'm not going to say every single one of them was like amazing, but I, I did like this set of animated films. I liked Weekends quite a bit actually. I thought Weekends was, was interesting. Mm-hmm. It was very interesting. Yeah, I think that's why it stuck out to me. I think they, except for the, what, animal behavior, they all seem to have a common link of kind of parental strife in various right. ways. Right. Or, or just like kind of a, a, a child-parent relationship theme going right. on for in different reasons. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I thought the weekends, I think it had like an art style that was certainly like, you know, offbeat from everything mm-hmm. else that we were seeing. But uh, no, I, I, yeah, I, li- I like Bao quite a bit as well. It's just, yeah, that's... I, I liked Bao a lot. I, I think Bao was I, Bao was one of the best things I've seen out of Pixar shorts. Yeah, I put it in the it really, realm of them for sure. Yeah. When you know, when it gets closer to the end, I, I really kind of it really hit me. Like mm-hmm. I, I had a visceral response. So because of when you like grew facial hair and took off <laughs> of your friends one day. <laughs> well, okay, so I married uh, to uh, to uh, 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 a, a white woman, and so this that scenario. There's a lot of stuttering of, around that. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I'm gonna be Medea podcast. So. Okay. Uh, no, but I'm married to a white woman, so this when he brought the white woman home, I was kind of like, oh yeah, that's interesting. I I, I really. They said a lot with just that that few seconds of, of, of film, so I, I that was my favorite. Oh, for sure. I, I hear you. I, I get what you're saying. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm picking up what you're laying down. All right. Awesome. Awesome. What did you think of the Oscar-winning skin for live action? You know, it was fine. I I, uh, I tend to agree with a lot of people that that said um, they were all downers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what can you say? But um, – it was fine. It was, you know, a little gimmicky. Yeah. I think to, <laughs> to 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 if I had to pick a winner, I wouldn't have picked Skin. But I also I also could see why it won because you know I I could see why it won. Like I can see why it won. Like I joked about this last week on the podcast where. I wrote in my because I wrote up a, a couple like mini reviews for both sets of shorts for Wheel Entertainment, right. and in the skin one I wrote, this movie is ridiculous. It has it's ridiculous. It's just ridiculous enough to win, and then I didn't pick it, and yet it still won. <laughs> like why why didn't I listen to my own review? <laughs> it's like well, okay, so th- th- isn't this movie gonna come out? They they already have a, a yes. Fox already... Searchlight has picked up the film to be adapted for a full length feature. Right, so I don't know how interested I am, I am to see that. <laughs> yeah, that's what we. That's always, what I would do. Yeah, like, Anna, I, Mark, and I—we all because we all seen them. We've all agreed that, that I don't know where you go with this. Where do you later. go? Like, how how much longer can you make this? 
whatever. I, I mean, I, I, honestly, I hope that the, the, the main kind of horror, body horror sequence that happens, I hope that takes up 45 minutes in the long version. <laughs> it, it seems like it would be like something that would start off maybe like a Jordan Peele horror movie. Yeah, that really, would it does. Something, like <laughs> it somebody does. was in the theater and then they saw that movie and then, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so I, I, it was, it was fine. I, the one that had the most impact on me was, was the, I, I don't know how to pronounce Alva? it, but it was the one. Yeah. yeah that's I, the I, one really, I liked the most. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. It wasn't, it was simple. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, yeah, that, that really, I thought it was- had that sense of dread mm-hmm. all the way through. You're exactly. like, oh, these kids, something's going to happen. Something. And then something happens. And at the, that very last shot, I'm. Oh yeah. yeah it's okay. a perfect last shot. Yeah. It, it's a perfect last shot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, th- I thought that what? was the best directed. I, 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 yeah. just, I thought the, cause there's the one, the mother one where there, there's a mother on the phone the whole time right. and it's like, okay, that's pretty good. Except it just has no ending. <laughs> it just kinda, right. It feels like it's the rough draft for a long, for, it feels like that should have been picked up by Fox search. Like to be turned to a full. Right. Picture. Exactly. No, that's, that's right. It feels like somebody's, uh, somebody's real or something. Um, and then the other one really just. Missed me. That was the only one I had heard of. The the one about the kids from um oh detainment. From, uh, yes. Yeah, detainment. The one about the kids from what are they Ireland or England or something like Scotland Scotland or something like that. I and they, believe they, it's Scottish. I gotta look it up to make sure. And they uh, they kill the um the 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 two year old. Mm-hmm. That's the only one I had heard. I had heard it was coming out. I had heard I was kind of excited to see it to see how they're gonna handle children, you know, murder. And it was Ireland. Sorry, Ireland. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was just long for me. I I was. Yeah, I I thought it it got to the point of it felt like there's a yeah, you have actors doing the job and you have filmmakers that are making things affecting enough. But it just it it felt to me like kind of like it was exploitative of the story. Yeah. Hearing, you know, that they didn't contact, you know, they didn't inform the the victim's parents of what was happening. It's like, well, this is a lot of rough road. We're traveling on here to make a, a film that's kind of dramatizing this horrible thing and has some, a lot of baggage behind it. It's like, I don't like so this I, that much. <laughs> so. Yeah. I didn't hear about it until uh, that. I didn't hear about that until afterwards, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that that's a little, uh, but it, I, as a, as a film, as the film itself, I, I don't know. I, I the content were way better than the direction or what he did with it or yeah, anything. There's, there's not much because they're using transcripts to go right. off what that's happened. So it's like, all right, but, but I, I could have sworn, I must've seen transcripts done better. Yeah. There must've been some adaptions of transcripts. that have For sure. Done. And there's the approach here is, okay, you've just told us a version of this. That's incredibly depressing. And you're showing off the fact that you got some actors to do this, but it's like, What's the point here? Because you're not giving. There's no new insights. There's nothing else to glean beyond. Hey, this happened once. Like, it's right. like all right, that's right. Can, yeah. Well, those are the downer shorts <laughs> <laughs> from this year. Um, but no, yeah, I, 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 I was a big fan of Falva as you were. I think that was a, a yeah. solid short. And yeah, skin is uh, ridiculous. But. Um, <laughs> Well, I can't wait for us to talk about it again on the podcast in feature length form. It's got it, it. It did. It reminded me of you know those shorts in uh, Bamboozled. Yeah. Uh, it reminded me of something like that, mm-hmm. where I was like, "Wow, this this just went crazy." And okay, okay, well, that that's where you're gonna go with it. 
All right, that's the decision you made. All right, cool. Well, two things. It's all Bam- good. Bamboozled yeah. is getting a um, Criterion release uh, this year. Which that you know, is awesome. It's I one know. of my favorite Spike Lee movies. For is, sure. That's that's awesome. And um, you know what? I we I think we threatened this last time, but because we, we do our our horror shorts in October, I do <laughs> I I think it would be fun to do like a you know a, a black a black history themed uh, series of episodes next February. That would uh, be awesome. Like do you know just every week we do like an episode that's focused on like you know like, we can do like a filmmaker spotlight. Right. And other things. That's off air talk, but I do like to promote that <laughs> idea because I think that'd be fun. In, in addition to doing just October, we can do other months and kind of have a theme going on for some special right. bonuses. Regardless, so you saw the shorts. Cool. Um, <laughs> I will go into a few things that I saw. Do you have anything else that you saw besides the shorts? Um, not not recently. Uh, Minding the Gap is something that I've been wanting to see again. It's been on my mind since I saw it like a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that was just because of the the the, the context of it. I don't know if I need to explain it. It's three three uh, three kids, teenagers that grew grew up together. They skated together, um, and one of the kids, an Asian kid, a black kid, and, and a white kid. The Asian kid films uh, probably around what eight nine years. Yeah. After after the fact and he's he's continuously filming and they touch on uh abuse um abuse that's currently happening in some of these people's lives abuse that happened mm-hmm. that made the that created anger issues in other people's lives um and the the main the main the director the narrator's abuse uh, 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 abuse abuse that he suffered from uh, a stepfather mm-hmm. um and at first when I saw it, I, I thought it was really well done. And then it just had this uh, impact that just I kept thinking about it and thinking about it, thinking about it. And I really, really tied into that, the black character and some of the uh, aspects of, of, of growing up in a white neighborhood, being one of the only black people, <clears throat> black I, children. I, I, I certainly around. agree. And I, and, and it just as the film as a whole is just great. And I but I, I too, like. I saw it and I was really I was really positive on it and then it stuck with me to the point where it's right. like this is I it's hard to not put this in my top 10. Right. But it's like this like if I I always think about this too like how I'd redo top 10s like years later like how I look right. at them now and think mm-hmm. like this feels like a film that would probably be in there if I kind of redid my top 10 a few years from now. Yeah, uh, from, I mean from you're probably you're probably right. I, I it, it it did make an impact and and I <clears throat> I want to go back and watch Free Solo. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I that that would be my only thing. If it wasn't for Free Solo, this would be my shoe, and it, it it made the most impact out of all the documentaries that I saw this year. Yeah, see, that's where um, I stand too. I'd probably just both have both Free Solo and Mind in the Gap because I really oh yeah, I, I think those films are both pretty terrific. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Man, Mind in the Gap for sure is quite good, and I believe and it's that's going, on Hulu. It's on Hulu, yes, and uh, I think it aired on PBS not too long ago too, but. Yeah, it's out there. And it's oh certainly... yes, that's right. That's and you know, to keep this from being such nothing but a downer, it's got some sweet skateboarding footage too. So you know, <laughs> it does have some sweet. If that's what you're into, that it has some sweet skateboarding. It's, but it's it is not... a downer movie, so be prepared. <laughs> but it's not all sad. It's got some good skateboarding. Yeah. And I guess we'll keep uh, Hale Hale County tomorrow night, tonight, tomorrow. Hale County, after... Hale County this morning, this evening. <laughs> we'll keep that. We'll keep that out of the. Out of the conversation. Oh, we'll get back to that. <laughs> uh, suffice to say, I really liked it, and you didn't so much. Was but... it the worst thing that I saw this Black History Month? No, but you know. <laughs> I just didn't. I, didn't. I, I was for... just 
I was just really into it. It was a night. It was almost like a mood piece where I was just kind of like, I just like having this on. That's kind of how I feel. You know what? It did remind. So when I used to when when I when I um, had film classes and 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 I would go to parties with with uh, with these just film heads, they would have stuff playing in the background, and it reminded me of something that something would be just projected onto the wall while people were talking, which is fine. Uh, I was kind of wandering uh, my mind was wandering during the during during it i could appreciate what it was about but it was i don't know if it was for me fair enough i uh, i was into the editing honestly like just the transition from different perspective to different perspective i thought there was just a lot of interesting stuff like it it wasn't my favorite doc of the year because we just talked about the two best docs of the year but i of the to see like a like a doc like that get nominated over other ones that are pretty straightforward as far as what they're accomplishing, I thought I was like, oh, that was a, interesting. It is, that... but it's a neat like, yeah. I mean, I like it more than RBG. Like, I yes. If we want to okay. talk about um, won't you be my neighbor and how that missed the cut? Like, I'm happier that Hale County made the cut than RBG. Like, I'd rather have seen won't oh. you be my neighbor take one of those spots. But... Uh, Hale County wasn't for me, but I I I was kind of shocked. The shocking uh, nomination was RBG because. It's, you know, she's a great, per- <clears throat> you know, she's a great person, but it's so straightforward. I, it was so straightforward that it reminded me of. I, I was like, why didn't I just read the book? Like, why am I? Yeah, why no. am I here? It's see, from what I've heard, the only thing worse than RBG was the fictional biopic about her that also came out last year. So yeah, I didn't see that, but that's why yeah, I remember on the more. on the basis of sex, like I've all right. like. You know, I'm all for telling a compelling story about an interesting person, but at the same time, if you're not going to add anything new to the table or beyond giving it the Bohemian Rhapsody approach, um, there's not much I can do for yeah. it. I mean, I, honestly, I thought that Michael Moore uh, documentary was more entertaining than – I mean, my, for whatever you think about Michael Moore, I think he's gotten less and less entertaining as his movies have gone. Because he's angry. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Although, exactly. what is it though? The uh, where to invade next? I thought that one was pretty good. Um, yeah, so I I did miss that one. I saw Sicko, and then Sicko. Uh, I've heard a lot of great things about too. So. It was it was okay. Mm-hmm. It was okay. Um, but it's, I, but I, I hear I hear what you're saying though. Yes, regardless of opinion on the man, he certainly has a way of making something where. There's a there's an approach that I know a lot of people do enjoy about just him as a filmmaker compared to him right. as a political right. uh, pundit or whatever you want to call him or an advocate whatever you know whatever way you want to name him. Uh, there right. there's something about his and a lot of people don't like his presence at all. So I can't speak to that either. But, <laughs> but I hear what you're saying as far as right. compared to making a hagiography that's just straightforward. This person was born this time and they did this and this and this. Like there's nothing all that interesting about that. Yeah, uh, from my perspective, some people really like that. Again, Bohemian Rhapsody, but I mean, that's <laughs> that's where we are. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let me get to some of the things I saw this week. Uh, first up is Apollo Eleven. This is the another documentary um, that's fantastic. It's directed by Todd Douglas Miller. It has its uh, IMAX own release this week. It comes out in more theaters next weekend. Uh, it is terrific. Uh, this movie. Mm-hmm is composed entirely of footage that was shot during the lunar mission, the Apollo 11 mission. It was like unearthed from the, the from like the National Archives. They brought it out and the director Douglas Miller, he edited all of this footage together. It happens to also all have been shot on 70 millimeter film. So, it's huge. 
it is like a it's a huge movie. Um, it's he whittled down like six like hours and hours of of, of recorded footage uh, from the perspective of Mission Control, from the from the spaceship, from just random like news outlets that are pointing the cameras at the people watching the launch and everything. All of that stuff. It's down to like this ninety minute movie, and it's it's kind of incredible uh for a number of reasons one it looks fantastic it's been restored did you get a chance to see they uh, they shall not grow old the peter jackson i doc? didn't okay. i didn't well I, I bring that up because obviously you know what that is where he took right. world war one footage and restored it and it looks fantastic this right. is another one of those obviously the footage is newer than ni- the 19 <laughs> 1910s but right. i mean you still have you know very old footage that's been restored and put into an imax theater no less and it looks fantastic the, the seeing like you're basically watching 1969 come to life. And I'm very much a fan of seeing filmmakers that are taking this kind of approach where it's like, we're not doing, there's no, like there's no talking heads in this movie. There's no narration. It's solely footage. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, it's, it's solely footage from this time. There's a minimal amount of text on screen and like some pretty like crude animations just to give you some context on what the ship, what the spaceship has to do. That's it though. There's no like further context going on as far as, you know, giving, giving like, you know, Buzz Aldrin's not popping in to be like, we were so happy to be like, it's none of that. <laughs> that's my, that's my old man Buzz Aldrin voice. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's completely this footage. And it's so like, in addition to just seeing this stuff and I'm like, I'm big on seeing space stuff. I really like, like the whole NASA, like projects that they're doing in the 60s, 50s, 60s, 70s. In addition to seeing all of that, like remastered in this way, it's just neat to see like, the collection of like you know scientists and astronauts and various people that are all you know extremely intelligent and working to do something that's not about like an assertion of power it's just about hey let's put our minds together for something innovative and exploratory and (laughs) that will like bring humanity together to accomplish this thing and they did that and there's uh, while there's no you know the film doesn't go out of its way to compare itself to anything there's certainly something to be said for you know looking at a movie that's focused on people in a room you know being happy that they accomplished something that's new and you know is full of discovery compared to a time like now where everyone's so cynical about everything and the notion of scientists trying to prove something is is uh (laughs) knocked down by people that just believe they know more it's you know seeing seeing times like now versus times like then where it's like hey we did this we went to the moon <laughs> like, right. look, look how amazing right. that is look how like look what we did with like these little things that by today's standards would like power a toaster and we did that and ma- made it go on the moon like, oh, that, that's i gotta see this I, I i i did just see first man a week ago oh yeah and that was spectacular so if it's if it's oh, so you hadn't seen first man i had not seen. oh first it's so man. great and i'm glad you it's, liked it. <laughs> it yeah it's so it's so good I it's mean, a great companion film to first man that's for that's sure. what i was that's yeah. what i was gonna ask like mm-hmm. is this go hand in hand like i'll see first man and then i just see how 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 well does it go together it, i mean you, you know those uh, you know obviously first man is focused on neil armstrong so you get a right. lot of time this is focused on like you know a few weeks um, so you, you get, it's very much focused on the, on the mission itself, but it, it is like a nice having, you know, and like, I know a lot of this stuff already, but just the, the way they're choosing to frame this, like you don't get it. The film goes out of its way, not to give you the standard shots that you've seen already of, of like the loot of the lunar mission, 
right. you, you know, you have you have new perspectives on things that you haven't seen. Like even when they're on the moon, which is thr- by the way, I should emphasize this movie is thrilling. Like we know what happens. You know they get to the moon <laughs> and you know they come back safely. But seeing like the countdown, seeing like the module approach the surface, and you have like this camp, this fixed camera on the side of the ship, and like you're just watching it like get closer and closer. It's so like compelling, and the score is great too. Like it's not even one, like super. It's uh, what's his name? I read uh, Matt Morton. Not someone that's like, you know, it's not Hans Zimmer or something like that. It's just like a guy that does docs, I assume. And he did like a great job of like giving you really helping you stay in the moment of watching this thing happen. So it's, uh, yeah, as far as First Man goes, it's a great way to be like, okay, I've seen this dramatization go. And it's it's a really, I think it's a spectacular take on how to do a story like this. That's not the same as other ones that are also in the same, you know, like Apollo 13 or right stuff. And so they, they watch this documentary that's just showing you actual footage of things that happen. It's like. Wow, this is re- this is tremendous. That's I mean, not, I get I, a lot of first man was like that too, where it just yeah. kind of showed you imagery, and I'm like, was it, is that that looks so real? And so, so I was eager when I did mm-hmm. see this this uh, the trailer for this documentary. I was eager to check it out. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> given all the stuff we've seen about like these missions and what have you. You'd be mm-hmm. it's surprising how like not sick of it that I am to see like yet another bu- a documentary about this specific event and yet it's great like it's a it's a fantastic way to see it and if you can see it in IMAX certainly take that step like because it's uh... how, I, I mean how could you not be compelled by things that were happening where people mm-hmm. were dying people were yeah. before months before this people were dying being you know so mm-hmm. and they were just you ready or not let's go let's do this mm-hmm. so I I think it's super compelling yeah well, it, it's certainly worthwhile, and I, I'd very much recommend it. Uh, yeah, that's out. That's again, that's out in IMAX. Like now, well, you have like a week uh, based on when this podcast comes out. If I get it out soon enough, you'll have a you'll have like five days from when you hear this to go and see it in IMAX before it leaves and goes just to regular theaters. But regardless, it's a it's a great experience. It's got to be one that you can see in IMAX. I'm yeah, sure. For sure. Um, I also watched The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind. This is on oh, Netflix, Netflix now. Yeah. It's uh, uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor uh, wrote and directed this based off based off a true story, which is based off a book by the person that was involved. It's about a boy in Malawi who he's lives in a, with a family of farmers, and they depend on you know on on farming to survive. And things happen uh, that <laughs> cause a lot of trouble in their in their village. And the boy he he naturally he wants to learn. Like he wants to he wants to go to school. He wants to learn. And based off that kind of that necessity, things lead to him finding a way that could possibly save the village. I'm trying to be vague because I don't want to go too far into <laughs> it. But even then, I mean, this is the kind of movie where I feel like I, you you know what's you know something has to happen for for this story to be being told to begin with. And so it's not so much about like spoiling what that is, but at the same time, it is neat to watch this story in the same way. What's that movie called? Uh, Queen Akatsue was a couple oh, years ago, which that was yeah. about the the little girl who's like a chess prodigy in an African village. And so this Nyong'o is like, like a this is like a Disney kind of movie where you know you know what's going to happen and they have kind of the lighter moments, or, or is it just a straightforward There's, drama? I mean, the way you know it's not a Disney movie is that there aren't like lighter comedic moments to kind of break yeah. things up because things get pretty heavy and the film's like it's TV fourteen, like it's not like okay. hor- horrifically violent or anything, but at the same time, it's certainly a drama. And it's the kind of film where the things that happen, which I assume happened in some form or another in real life, they certainly mm-hmm. feel heightened to make that dramatic impact all the more 
dramatic um, right. at the same time it's well done like i i to tell you for uh, he's an actor i really admire he plays the boy's father in this movie as well um I, I i think he does a good job of of giving you like the the look of you know the lay of the land like it's a good looking film um the the performances are strong it's mostly you know it's mostly newcomers with all oh, to tell you for that said it also has um it has uh joseph marcel better known as uh jeffrey Jeffrey Butler from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Jeffrey Butler? Mm-hmm. Okay. Who, who I don't think I've ever seen in a movie before. I was Anna and I were watching this, and I was so surprised. Like, I was like, "Is that Jeffrey?" And it's like, <laughs> and I it's like, "It is Jeffrey." And it's like, but yeah, because I know I know he's like a Shakespearean actor. He does a lot of stage work in London. I was like, I don't think I've ever seen him in like an actual movie. I was like, oh, good for him. Like he's he's here. He's here. He's rocking it out with Chiwetel. Good good job. Jeffrey, but how'd you get Jeffrey Butler to be in your movie? <laughs> Well, you know, Chiwetel used their English. You know, they just like, hey, wanna you know do my thing? <laughs> but no, I I think I think it's a strong movie. I I, um, I think the story being told is quite compelling. The the young the young boy who plays uh, the real boy, the real boy's name is William uh, Maxwell Simba. I think he's quite good. Um, yeah, so I I I'd certainly recommend it, especially since it's on Netflix. It's not like it's a hard thing to kind of go out and watch. But, yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's that one. Um, what else? Let's see. I saw the Mustang. Uh, this movie does not come out for a few weeks, but it um, it uh, it stars what? Yeah, the Robert Redford. It's the one he yeah. Robert Redford produced this film. It was at like Sundance. Um, it stars uh, Matthias Schoenarts, um, who is dropping in and out of a lot of things lately. He was in uh, what's it's what's it's um. Let's see. There was let's see. There was that Tom Hardy one, The Drop. Um, yes. Let's see. He was just in like he was in Red Sparrow last year. He's in Far from the Madding Crowd, which I was a big fan of. He's in uh, a movie called Bullhead from a few years back. It's like one of the foreign films. Uh, regardless, yeah, he's a he's like a Dutch actor. I like him. I think I think he's good, and he stars in this movie. Um, he is a prisoner, and this takes place. This is a real thing that happens where there are a lot of wild mustangs all over the like the Midwest, and so people corral them in, and then they. They have them in uh, prisons. They have prisoners come out and help break and train these Mustangs so they can sell them mm. off. And so, mm. Arts, he plays one of the prisoners who has a lot of anger issues, and he's brought he's brought out to kind of help train one of these Mustangs. And so it's kind of him like, kind of rebuilding his you know his life at the same time learning how to, you know, ride and train a Mustang. It's uh it's pretty good. I uh, I, I thought this movie was. Pretty good. It uh, you get a lot of great shots of the, you get a lot of like good filming of the of the Mustangs, which is neat to see, just kind of like horses, and what have you. But I think it's well acted. Uh, you have um, what's your name? Uh, Connie Britton and Bruce Dern are in supporting roles in here. Okay. Uh, Jason Mitchell from Straight Outta Compton, he's got a role in here. All right, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm spicing it up now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, was that uh, easy? Is that easy? Yeah, it's easy. Yes. All right. Okay. Uh, I like see like I know like you're lukewarm on straight out of Compton, but I do like that we keep seeing these guys pop up in things like Jason yeah. Mitchell or Corey. Uh, they're Corey in Kong and and and, okay, and yeah. And were they both in Kong? They're they're both in Kong. Yes. They were both in Kong. O'Shea Jackson, uh, Ice Cube's kid. He's in Godzilla: King of the Monsters. So oh, yeah. they all occupy the monster verse. That's the part of it. <laughs> I'm glad they're still working. They did a good job. They did, yeah. I thought. I mean, regardless of thoughts of the film, I do think they're they're, they're well acted in the parts right. that they're getting. So. Oh yeah, he was in Mudbound as well. Yeah, Jason Mitchell was in Mudbound. Yeah, Jason yeah, Mitchell, yeah. I think he seems to be getting like the most. I don't know, Corey. I mean, Corey Hawkins. He was in Black Klansman. So I mean, what what do I know? Oh, yeah. Like he's they're all working. They're all doing. And of course, O'Shea Jackson. He was in um, what's the one? What's the Gary the Gerard Butler movie? <laughs> um, 
the heat uh, knockoff that came out. What's it called? Oh no! Because <laughs> it's getting a sequel too. Uh, Den of Thieves. There we go. Den of Thieves. That's oh, okay. yes, that's right. He was a Den of Thieves. Yeah, Den of Thieves. Which <laughs> I liked him in uh, what was that? Uh, Ingrid goes west. Oh, yeah, he's an Ingrid. He's talking west, about yeah. Batman. He's a Batman official. <laughs> Regardless, Jason Mitchell, he's in the yeah. Mustang, which I thought was pretty good. So I recommend I recommend it. It comes out in a few weeks in limited release. Um let's see. Um uh, yeah, all right. There we go. All right, that's our that's our quickies. TM. Thank you. All right, <laughs> let's uh, let's get to this Medea uh, Ty, sorry, Tyler Perry's A Medea Family Funeral. Right. Tyler Perry's A Medea Family Funeral. You okay, babe? Yeah, I'm fine. I was just... Yeah. Oh, you're talking to her. <laughs> Don't be whispering up in this ear. I'm getting ready to give you some. <laughs> Rated PG-13, March 1st. So that should have been some of the trailer for a Medea's family funeral. Before we get to the movie itself, I, I, I ha- I, I'm trying to st- structure this. I want to I want to know this whole experience. So before we even get... To, before you, the movie even starts, <laughs> you got to the movie theater. Yes. Okay, so... What's, what's this crowd like? What is the crowd like? So, okay. Funeral? So before that, before that, I, I really didn't give this film it's it's credit or i guess the fans it's credit because i was just gonna walk in and buy tickets and my brother works at the movie theater and he said no you you have to buy tickets early and i said no 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 way so i looked and he's like yeah you have to you have to buy it and 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 sure enough there was only about six seats left when i bought these tickets um i get to the theater with my brother uh he's a big fan of meet the browns the show that 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 Tyler Perry used to have on for I guess uh, 10, 15, 20 years, and <laughs> it was on know, a while. <laughs> it was it was on a while. I get there, it's it's you know it is a packed house, and people are ready to laugh. Um, and I just sat down and 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 waited for. I w- I was more interested in the trailers. <laughs> I said, "Oh, what they got to show a trailer well, of us or something." Well, well, here this is so, so I so I've written down trailers that I think might have been before a Medea family funeral, and I want to okay. know which ones that you saw. So okay. for, first up, I wrote "The Intruder." Uh, no, it wasn't. Okay. That's the one with um Dennis, Kevin uh, Dennis, Costner. No, that no, Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Okay, yeah. Like he, no, that was not. <laughs> they're about the same. Uh, they yeah, he, like <laughs> he's like the house owner, and then Michael Ely and um. Don't know the actor's name offhand, but like a black a black couple, like they move into the house, and then he's like, "It's my house still, even though I sold it to you. I'm crazy." Like that's that's. Like, <laughs> I got the whole trailer in that in that in the whole movie in that trailer. All right, so no intruder. How about no. how about uh, did uh, did they play us? They did not. I was uh, waiting for it. There's not enough not enough horror in uh, a media family funeral for no. us apparently. All right, take those out. How about Ma? They did not play Ma. So no Bloomhouse movies in the media. No, okay. nothing. No. All right. How about Little? No. That's the the big re, the reverse big movie. No, they didn't. No, uh, did they? No, 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 no. I I wrote them down somewhere. Okay. How about because one of them there was uh-huh. two two black movies and one white movie that I just didn't even remember what it, what it was called, but it was not I, I anything got, that I was concerned. I got two more. The best <laughs> the best of enemies with uh, Taraji B Henson and Sam Rockwell. Yes. Ah, that was the first go. one. That, that was, was the first, the first one. one. Yes. 
that's what what is it? It's like she's like a civil rights leader and he's like a Ku Klux Klan guy. Is that? And they become best friends. They become best friends, yeah. of course, as it as it happens. <laughs> because like she, you know, he like drove her around or something. I was. <laughs> Listen, half of the trailer is Taraji P Henson and Sam Rockwell explaining what's going on because I, you know, uh, there's only so much I can take. All right, so that's one of them. <laughs> the only one I have left is Fast Color. No. Okay. So, so the one they showed that I can remember was the Aretha Franklin. Ah. Okay. Uh, gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, documentary, I guess. Yeah. It's gonna be coming up. And then there was another one, but I don't remember. There was a white one which I don't remember at all. But there was another one. It was probably starring Taraji B Henson or something that I don't, I don't really know or, or uh, I don't know. But right. nothing made an impact. I was waiting for us. Is what I was waiting. You're for. waiting for us, and they, Ma, you know. and, they didn't, and they didn't deliver. And the no. Ma trailer. How's, how does Ma look to you? Have you seen the, you've seen the Ma trailer? Yeah, I, I, I I'm super excited. I, I, I you know, uh, you know, Octavia Spencer does a, does does great work uh, uh, as side characters. Um, but I want to see how crazy she goes. I, it, I want to see her do that robot. Like I want to see how crazy she gets. <laughs> I mean, it does. What I like about the Montreal is how little I seem to care about the kids that are in jeopardy so far in this movie. It seems like, yeah, this is your fault. <laughs> like, you like, but so the premise is what? Like, they it's a group of kids that like ask Octavia Spencer to buy them booze, and yeah. and at first she's like, I don't know, and then she's like, you know what? I will do it, and not only will I do it, you should come to my house and party. Like that's They're like, the- all right. <laughs> she's just a harmless old black woman. And then they go, and then she she must like know the family or something. And then so, the last scene is, oh, she's hugging the mom, and oh, th- meet my 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 old black friend from high school. Oh, oh my god, do you know her too? So yeah, it's it gets, wild. <laughs> it gets wild. Um, at the same time, what gets me is that it's directed by Tate Taylor, who directed The Help and the got her the Oscar yeah, in that movie. Right. And he went on to do Get On Up, the James Brown film, which I actually quite like. Um, and then he went on to do the girl on the train, and now Ma. So he's like, he's 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 taken like a, a diversion from like <laughs> biopics that are you know right. prestigious quality right. to like trashy thriller territory. <laughs> That's his I, you know what? I hope it's better than than the girl on the train. But I'm I mean I'm really intrigued by this trailer. It, it looks like it looks fun in the same mm-hmm. way well i don't know if you like this one what was that uh interest elba movie where he comes and he you know he just wants to come inside it's a rainy night and, yeah that's and the, um the, it's the no white no, women are no good deed i believe no good deed no that's I, what, that's what taraji b henson again i like that movie a lot just for I, the the I, smut factor and the you know i i really enjoyed it i bought it on dvd that's one where he's an escaped convict and he like oh, he just shit. he arrives at her house and she's there with her kids it could have been. It could have been a Tyler Perry movie. Mm-hmm. It really could have. But I, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> but that's what it reminds me of. I, I want it to be like kind of salacious, like that. I mean, at the same time, that's like a, <laughs> that's that's like a Screen Gems film where this is a Bloomhouse, and that's a brand okay. I trust more. I trust the Bloomhouse brand a little I bit do. more. I do. Yeah. For every like truth or dare that they have, they have you know they got Get Out. Like so, I mean, there's 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 promise. This looks like uh, Octavia is gonna go crazy. She's gonna just go for it. It's a step up from the kind of and like I don't think that she's bad, but there are performances that are just like mm-hmm, like that's all she has to do. <laughs> like she just stands on the side confidently, going mm-hmm, and it's like, yep, that's 
I mean, she does it better than anybody else. Oh, she does. She does it well. What's that movie? Um, uh, oh, gifted. Little... gifted. Gifted. It, it, yeah. Gifted I know she, exactly what you're. Exactly. You already know. You better not touch that. Yeah. We're Chris Evans. That goes head. Yeah. What's with Chris Evans? And he has the he has the daughter, and and she's super smart, and she plays like her landlord or something, and like she's like seeing the movie, just like, oh, I know what this is gonna be. She's gonna be in the background. He's like, I can't believe I have to give up my daughter, and she's like, like that's that's all. I gotta work to get her back. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, I see. Uh, but I mean, has Octavia been in anything where she's been the focal point has like she, uh, this? To this degree, I mean, she's generally like a, on the on the side. I mean, she as far as like a lead role goes, even The Shape of Water, which she was nominated for, that's like a mm-hmm yeah. performance. Also, that is kind of the same kind of thing. Yeah. Um, as like the full on like lead character, I like. Because Taraji B. Henson is the lead of hidden figures. Yeah. Let's see. I see the shack where I think he's like some kind of uh, deity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but she's not the lead. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't think she has a, like a, a full on like she's the lead character in this movie yeah. type so, role. I, I want to see what she does. Yeah. Well, <laughs> good on her. Got a lead role. I'm disappointed that they didn't show any of these in the in the trailer. Yeah, but I did want to work my way to talk about the Ma trailer at some point, so we managed to get that in there. I didn't want to wait till us to do it. Um, that said, she was just on Black. Do you watch Blackish at all, Marcus? I don't. Everybody says I need to start watching it, but I I, I don't. There was a they did a Black History Month episode this week, and uh, she she comes in as like because they do like uh, similar to like. The best thing I can think of is like Family Guy, where they do like kind of drop-ins to like some other like random joke or whatever. Okay. Well, they had her keep popping in as like I'm Octavia Spencer, and here's a black person you should know, and she just gives like a <laughs> random like little little spiel on like on various black famous black people that they identify throughout the episode. It's clever. That's good. It's That's good. Stuff. Yeah. I like that. All right, so you saw the trailers, not yeah. enthused by any because they didn't show the ones you wanted to see. No, <laughs> it was I was already disappointed going in. Yeah. Okay. But so before we get before we even get, before the movie starts, what's what is Medea? What is Medea to you? What is, what is this character? To, to me, or what is she? I mean, it's Tyler Perry dressing up as as a woman who she's, she's very, supposed. She seems very opinionated. She's an opin yeah. She's an opinionated <laughs> woman who is like kind of like a troublemaker um has to keep everybody else in line fun loving uh she's got a gun in her purse uh she'll smoke a joint with you and at the end of the day she'll you know teach you about your marriage that's right. that's pretty much medea it's it's tyler perry it's 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 the main main uh focal point of tyler perry's this creation that he's 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 done I like it's, that you said gun in her purse so casually. Like that's one of those classic things that some I think, people do. I think in the diary of a mad black woman, mm-hmm. which is one of the only other ones I've seen, uh, the tr- the poster has her pointing a gun. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> so yeah, how could I not have fun? That's that's what Medea is. So which Medea films have you seen? Okay, so I've seen. Diary, Diary of a Mad Black Woman. I want to reiterate, I'm not doing this to make fun of me. I am aware that this has a decent audience. There's people that it like does, this movie. Yes. I, there's, and, and, and I know, in addition to 
having not seen a Medea movie, I can't account for their quality, and I'm not going to be snobbish in that way and just assume that they're bad or something like that. I'm aware that there's a separation between the critical perception of these movies versus the audience that genuinely wants genuinely wants to see these movies. And this isn't about making fun of them. This is about I just want to recap this experience because it's, well, we've had many of these. I know you. I know. We'll get to this, but we've, there's been many of these. We don't talk about it on this podcast very often, so I figured why not? Why not go into it? Why not to go into the Medea family funeral? Because why not? This could be fun. I think it's fun, but I'm not trying to put anyone down. I want to reemphasize that. <laughs> well, Tyler Perry should stop making these. If he... um, I've seen Diary of a Mad Black Woman. Mm-hmm. I saw a Medea family reunion, reunion, and a couple of Meet the Browns episodes. Okay. Um, but not the not the film Meet the Browns. No, I didn't. I missed that one. Um, I, I I think after Medea's family reunion, I stopped going to watch these movies, uh, excluding for Colored Girls, which I really loved. But that's not a Medea movie. Yeah, it's not. That's but just a Tyler Perry movie. That's what I've, I've Perry. that's what I've heard is is quite good. Um, it's it's very good. I mean, it, it, he it already has a what, what, what it's an adapted screenplay. So yeah, okay. Um, the source material is brilliant. If you if you don't know the source material, it's it's fantastic. So there wasn't much he could do wrong with it, but the performances in it are fantastic. Because that one has does, the name uh, Kimberly Elise and Janet Jackson mm-hmm. among others. Yeah, and, he, Janet Jackson's uh, been in some other one of his movies too. So. I think it's the there's the there's the one that has like a sequel. I think. Um, why I, I why did I get married? Why yeah why did I get married? Why did I get married? I didn't too. see any of I, those. I think, ones. I think she's in both of those. I'm yeah. going purely off memory. Yeah, she's in both of those ones. I, I'm like, I'm going, I can't think of all these. Yeah, and he usually keeps a stable of of actors. I've heard the um, I can do bad all by myself one. Is it bad either? Or whatever that one's. Is that the Taraji P Henson one? That's one of the Taraji P Henson ones. She's Probably. in a lot of them. Like, yeah. She's he he does, tends to have these stables of of actors. Uh, it you know uh, he keeps uh, black actors employed, which is fantastic. Yeah, uh, I mean that's that's certainly a positive aspect of a lot of these movies. I mean you talk about diversity in film and what actors are getting what right. roles or why they only get rele- relegated to supporting roles or like a Octavia Spencer for example but right. you have a filmmaker like Tyler Perry who is giving he's 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 keeping black actors working he's right. a lot of people knew he's keeping Idris, the the dollars in the community which yeah, is... a, lot, a lot of people knew who Idris Elba was before he suddenly broke out big because right. he started a couple of these Tyler Perry movies like yeah. there there is an audience he was there in daddy's something daddy's home or something daddy's little girls there we go daddy's little girls yeah and also to to before i before i go off on on the movie Mm -hmm. he uh um if christian movies are what you're into looking out there there's not a whole lot of black christian movies and it this is an alternative if you it does have a, a christian message at the end if that's what you want and I'm sure a lot, a lot of the the people going to watch these movies uh, would would call themselves uh, Christians, and they enjoyed the Medea Christian uh, 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 tack on at the very end. Yeah, and it tries to yeah. It, they, from what I'm aware, they do try to like have a, a level of messaging that 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 applies to faith, and that yeah. Uh, I mean, that's Tyler Perry. He very much he, you know he is a religious man, and he brings that mm-hmm. to his films. And given that he's he is an accomplished filmmaker and an actor and a, a playwright and what have you. Like he has, right. he there's a separation there where it's not just about wanting to do something, but having the kind of skills and ability that I would imagine propel it at least above some of the others that fit in the same category. Where it's not that the message is wrong or bad, but just that the ability to produce a film of you know a certain quality it, it sticks out a little bit. Mm. 
Right. Right. Moving on, I guess, if you have another yeah. question before I go. Um, okay, so that's what you've seen. Yeah. Uh, okay, so so okay, so let's get into it. What what is this one about? What is what is okay. the plot of a Medea family funeral? Um, basically, uh, there's a death in the family, and Medea goes to a funeral. Oh, okay. The end. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, mean, I so, assume it all so goes right. Just so just so you know, um, the the three. This is the third Medea movie that I've seen. They they're all kind of se- they're they're mainly series of skits, and there's a little thread of a storyline, but they're they're basically they ride and die on these skits. So even though the movie is I think it's an hour and forty five minutes, a majority of it, an hour of it, are these skits where he's in one room. They're like plays. They're he's he's in one room. And he's doing these skits where he plays like three or four characters. Like it's like the barbershop skit from Coming to America. But he's the clumps. Yes. He's basically, yeah, exactly. The table at the clumps. It's basically that, but it goes on for about 10 minutes each. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so basically, uh, when I say it's a movie about somebody who dies and goes to a funeral, there's, there's a little bit more story to that. Um, that would be a spoiler on who dies. Do we not know immediately, or is you it... don't? It comes in. Okay. It comes in about halfway through. Huh, um, okay. Somebody's celebrating an anniversary, and then there's um, some scandal with, you know, some cheating stuff, which is always in a Tyler Perry movie. Or you know, okay, if you want me to get into, it, there's an, an evil dark skinned man, and he takes advantage of the naive black girl who's mm-hmm. with a more naive light-skinned man and there, so there's there's storylines through there and then there's a somebody dies Wait, and... so, yeah, I, so you're mentioning this and i mean we're talking about colorism essentially and i'm, I'm yes cur- i'm curious yeah. is, is that something that he's like he's he's openly doing or is it just yeah i think there or... was i think you know what I, whether he's openly doing it or not i, I he must know what he's doing because it's so obvious. In in the three that I've seen, and especially in this one, mm-hmm. it's very obvious that he has these 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 uh, stereotypes, basically that everybody in the movie fits in. That's not in the um, not in the Medea. There's there's like a Medea group, and then there's like the straight blockbuster movie the week BET Pretty People group. Okay. Which is just a bunch of young people in their mid twenties, super great looking, but they all fit into categories. There's okay. the loud best friend, loud black girl. There's the uh, dark skin guy who has anger issues and is, he's gonna hit somebody, um, and he's doing something bad. He's usually the bad guy. Um, there's so, a light. So in doing in doing this, like, is it? <laughs> Is there like is there a resolve in these movies where it addresses the fact that this is not like a way to walk away looking at these things, or it's just like that's just how it is, and it's no, you're, you're I supposed think to just, see the satire in it? Or... Uh, you know, I think it's just how it is. I, I don't. They never really address. Mm-hmm. They never say dark skin brother or light skin brother, or they don't. It's not you know. They don't even liven up. It's not like uh, undercover brother. Like they don't. <laughs> nobody's named or nobody. But it's it's so apparent that it's. Just a little like, uh, mm-hmm. it's a little cringy when you have to spend so much time with these characters. If you're not there for th- everybody who's in there is probably there for the Medea skits. Mm-hmm. If you're there for that other storyline, I-, I just don't, I don't get it. it, well, it yeah, just... I, I have to imagine that this is the what 11th film. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm going. I know like he only cameo. Medea only cameos in some of these, but like it's like it's basically like the eleventh Medea film. Right. And I have to wonder, or no, at this point, like yeah, certainly some are just going to see the comedy. But I, I have to be I think that the people that are seeing these movies so, nonstop have to be aware that there is this kind of soap opera melodramatic. So when soap, I like storyline going on when I when when I was in the theater, there were people that were there that were obviously they're 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 fan boy fangirling out right they're they're going mm-hmm. to hello they're doing all this stuff right they're mm-hmm. ending Medea's sentences for her right there's also a group in there that's a younger group that seems to really be interested in when in the in these real salacious soap opera soap opery stuff mm-hmm. which is not bad it's just how the caricatures are, are – the stereotypes are, are bad. Like These stereotypes that are layered onto this soap opera stuff, soap opera in, its, in of itself is not bad. I mean I enjoyed the first season of Empire. I, I really did because it was just soap opera to death. I, I agree. I thought the first season kind of did what it was trying to do pretty well. Then it but, kept going. <laughs> but I think if you layer on a, a sense of just like – this guy is the angry black man and this guy is the loud black girl and this guy and you just never give him any kind of three-dimensional anything it just becomes a little tired and like why am i spending so much time with these people and uh, like what are you doing tyler like uh, what what is the point of doing this why i'd rather go back to the kind of the the slapsticky stuff and that stuff i i there's a point. There's actually actually a part in that movie that that was extremely offensive, but that was more of the Medea side. But this this is more. It's like a long game offensive. Like you know, you know the setup and you know what's going to happen, and you just every time it happens, you're just cringing. Every time the the angry black guy holds the the um the abused wife uh, the abused wife uh, by the shoulders and shakes her, you're just like, oh man, there's there's no more to this than than this yeah. so i i've i've certainly seen movies like that you know movies that you, you you know the steps ahead of time and it just gets to that point you're like yep it did exactly what you so that yeah. for me that just that's what i define as a boring film honestly like it, it is it, yeah so that mm-hmm. that part is boring so that's why i can't see anybody going i don't know i i was very shocked when people were like oh wow oh my god he found out she was cheating or yada yada whatever but people were very interested in that portion of the movie well, and it breaks to, I, like these are mm-hmm. two separate movies that kind of cohabitate there's the Medea clump section and then there's this kind of weird uh, uh bet section so I'd, I'd have to think that i mean part of the audience are people that just don't go to the movies all that often and like to see this specific brand of film yes uh, okay so mm-hmm. so yeah uh, tyler perry has his fans like they're 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 very loyal for whatever reason they go um i don't think they expect anything different than what he's been doing so i'm assuming these storylines are what his shows are about i guess he he has a couple he has a show on own maybe i think and then uh, like a soap operating show and then he he has done a lot of these non-medea movies that really attract they attract fans Mm -hmm. um but i'm assuming they're all like that they're just the entire movie that I, I just I don't know. This movie didn't make me want to go see those movies. Like, I don't know if I could sit through an hour and a half and not like really be um, disappointed in myself. Well, I guess I wonder. <laughs> and I and I mean, 
the, the quality is subjective, so it's not really a, a matter of saying one thing is definitely better than the other thing. But I mean, you look at Tyler Perry's, you know, filmography and just the and the kind of how prolific he is. And he's certainly doing these a lot like, one, you know, churning them out like he did what those boo Halloween movies like what I mean, was it nobody's fool with the Tiffany Haddish one that came out like what, like four months before this movie did. But I mean, if, if I would I, I, I would say with boo Halloween, I didn't see it, but I would assume from the trailers that it's all that slapstick kind yeah, of there, yeah I, I, I would assume it doesn't lean on the the kind of dramatic side as much as some of these other ones do mm-hmm. I, I, I've had other people explain some of these other storylines for these other movies mm-hmm. and they're just kind of distasteful and I I don't know I, I don't no, yeah, there's a there's a reason why I haven't gone out of my way to see any of these because I just I have no interest. It's not of my interest to see some of these. Like I I I can respect what's going on as far as keeping certain actors employed and you know be, being a successful black filmmaker in his own right and getting an audience to go to the movie theaters, which is something that a lot of films aren't being like you know this is make, this is going this is going to make more money than Widows. <laughs> it's like right. See, <laughs> the, right. I mean, so there's there's something that's working here um, that. That I can get behind as far as kind of mid-budget, if not let alone low-budget films that are actually com- getting audiences to to sit down in a theater and see a movie like that. So, they're, but what what I was going what okay. I was going to get to though, yeah. as far as him being prolific, you can say the same thing about Woody Allen films, where he's at, right. up up until recently, and we'll see what happens with his next film, which is no longer on Amazon. But he was you know churning out a movie once a year, and mm-hmm. there's there's an audience that goes and see those movies. They don't gross a whole lot, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time. This is a guy who's, for the better part of like four decades, has wrote, written a movie, put it out, written another movie, put it out. Like that, there's a consistency there that apply, and that certainly there's certainly what I would assume is a certain demographic wants to go and see that movie in the same way that a certain demographic wants to see Tiger Perry movies over right. and over again. No, you're Regardless, absolutely right. And and even then, Woody Allen's, you know, it's not like all of them are masterpieces, and certainly all of them aren't terrible. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a there's a range in quality there. Uh, I apparently, you know, he's he's not, you know, getting nominated for Oscars in the same way past Woody Allen films, even recent when Midnight in Paris won an Oscar. I mean, so there's mm-hmm. there's things that have happened certainly that it, that can kind of dictate where success goes, whether it comes just from an audience wanting to see these things and giving it their version of a high score or mm-hmm. you know uh, critical accolades or what have you. But the, it it is interesting that the that you can have filmmakers like this that certainly command a fan base that want to come out in droves or you in know whatever. what mm-hmm. I, I guess I, I I'd equate them to something like Adam Sandler. It's it's not uh-huh, yeah right. There there is a fan base because his movies make a lot of money. They make a lot of money and that and and I've I'm not shocked anymore. But uh, I've seen some of those movies and it just I don't understand it. I don't get it. It just seems real remedial or like he's not trying. I would liken him more to Tyler Perry where I would see a lot of the jokes in these movies don't hit. They're old. They're like old fashioned jokes. I can see Or that. they're really mm-hmm. crude uh, uh, humor jokes. And there's nothing wrong with crude humor. There's just nothing. If it's funny, it's funny. But – it's mm-hmm. just it's with like kind of lack of trying. Well, that's that, that's what I have to that's what I have to ask. Then I, I, you're a better, you could understand this better than I do, just because you've seen by default you've seen them. So it's because mm-hmm. that with Adam Sandler movies, especially the more recent ones, the ones that right. I really just don't care for, mm-hmm. it's because it, it's it's not only because the material seems tired, but it just seems like there's a lack of interest in Adam Sandler himself as the person that presumably produced 
let alone right. maybe co-written and stars in these movies. It just feels like he's kind of there. Right. Where, or at least in the earlier ones, which I still do get a laugh out of. I still like watching Happy Gilmore among some of the other ones where it feels like he's involved in that. It feels like, and he's not just there to be like, the guy that kind of sits on the outside and makes fun of everybody. It just seems like mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's kind of more in on the joke where now it's just like, he, you know, wears a, you know, a shirt and some baggy shorts and just laughs at other people's misfortune. And it's right. like, and yet right. they still make, they, I mean, now recently he's done the Netflix stuff. So it's like, it's a little here nor there. And that actually, with that in mind, did you see a stand up? Did we talk about that? Did you see a stand up? I tr- I got through half, half of it. I got through half of it. Half of it because you didn't want to watch it anymore. I didn't want to watch it anymore. Oh, okay. It I, was it was it was okay. fine. I think I I I lost interest. Fair enough. And I'm not saying it's you know the most remarkable stand-up, but I, there was there was something there that I I respect mainly because for one thing he's telling jokes and he's doing, so, he's trying something for a change, which I haven't seen in a while. But like, I I I, you know. I am a big fan of his uh, that album he came out with a long time ago. I had uh-huh. listened to it when I first started SNL, started watching SNL, and it's funny. Mm-hmm. He's good at those little skits and the little comedy, single comedy, man comedy, one man show kind of thing. I just this one just fair enough. Yeah. Just, I got through about half of it. That's it wasn't bad. I I I would recommend finishing it just because it ends quite strong with this oh, uh, with a, with a tribute um, to Chris Farley that I thought was quite touching. Okay. Uh, that said, what I like about that we'll get back to try Tommy Perry. But what I like <laughs> just to point what I like about that that um, that concert show is that it's a mix of different venues he's performing the same acts at and you can see him getting stronger in the more he kind of works it out and so you see like it going from like a middling idea or just like a fun concept to becoming like a fleshed out full joke that the audience is uproarious with it's a it's a neat structure to that to the that's interesting that's interesting Yeah. yeah So, for, I mean, for humor aside, I think from a structural standpoint, there's actually some interesting stuff going on there, which I wish he would tap into more when it comes to that, or even the dramatic projects I think he's very good in when he try, when he you know really puts the effort in that, that direction to compare it to, like, the Ridiculous Six, or that David Spade one that I didn't see, or whatever yeah. other one, that the one with Chris Rock that I watched for five minutes is like, nope, yeah, like yeah. Any, any of those. Right. Um, anyway, I see what you're saying, though, as far as him and Tyler Perry, and what I have to ask now is, I mean, yeah, that, given that you've seen them, I think this is where I was setting up before we dovetailed off. Do you, you don't think that – I'd have to think that, I mean, as the kind of writer and director and and producer and caterer, I assume, and star, uh, like, he has to be putting in a level of effort to be making these movies. Yeah, okay. So some of this looks like he put in a lot of effort. Mm-hmm. But I, you know what? I don't remember a lot about the first Medea movie that I saw. But I remember it being better than this. I this seemed to be kind of like how many different characters can I do? Um, it hit a lot of the same notes over and over again. He went for some kind of uh, uh, more risky jokes in this one um, than I've seen him do uh, in in the past, um, which don't work at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a lot of the other stuff is just hitting the hitting the drum. It, that's not to say I didn't laugh. I did laugh at one point near the end. Okay. There was a point when I did laugh. Making this it, podcast worth it. <laughs> it was, you know what? I I did laugh, and my brother even pointed it out. He's like, "Oh, you, you laughed," and I said, "Oh, you you know why I can't deny it. I did laugh." Uh, but was it worth everything else that I now? There's there. Okay, so to the scene I'm talking about. There's a scene in this movie, maybe 30 minutes in, where it's a bunch of Tyler Perry characters and Tyler Perry. He's a character himself. 
he's like the niece or nephew or he's not niece, but he's like the nephew or son-in-law or something. But he's driving every. He's supposed to be like the straight guy, mm-hmm. and everybody else is wacky, right? They have like four wacky characters in there, and two of them are Tyler Perry, and two of them are these just wildly insulting, just caricatures. Anyway, they get pulled over by the cops, and they're all joking around how they're gonna die, and the cop comes and he's some really aggressive white guy screaming his head off uh, hand on his gun and Medea's joking about oh I don't want to pull out my phone we should ju- we should pull out our phones and record and all this is supposed to be funny but when I watched it it was pretty terrifying and like it was just a really big miss that was probably his one joke that he – I would say, oh, he put a lot of effort into this joke. It just did not work. With me, jokes – nothing's off limits if it's funny. Mm-hmm. But this is was so unfunny because it was like, oh, you're joking about guy, people being pulled over and shot. Like, okay. It didn't have any kind of punchline. It didn't have anything like that. And it was just so – ill-timed and 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 mismanaged other than that everything else was just repeated like it was these repeated jokes so much of horny old dudes checking out the nurses when they go to the funeral home they're checking out the 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 girls at the funeral home and they're checking out this and they're talking about you know erections and they're talking about this and they're talking about i can still do it and this girl don't know and she don't even know and so it's yeah it's the same stuff like that so but when he tr- it seems like when he tried it just was ugh. it was more cringy than i than i remembered well um i be, i was curious mainly because this is supposedly the final medea film if there was going to be maybe some extra effort put into this and i can't you know say here nor there whether there was or wasn't um i think i think that was there was the, that was the effort and an effort to put as many he was wearing a lot of hats in this. Uh, he mm-hmm. played uh, multiple characters. He played like five characters in this thing, and mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I mean, it looked like he put a lot of effort as far as it was probably the biggest cast that I've seen in his movies. Um, uh, not only him, there were there's there's like uh, there's two other female characters that play like outlandish ladies and. Um, and then they have the whole other storyline, and then they have uh, two other old characters that are like the straight kind of old character. While uh, Medea's going, "Oh, you need me to do this for you? You need me to do that for you? You need me to?" And she's like falling down the stairs or whatnot, whatever. And I'm, she's I'm, like, the straight I'm, character. So. I'm surprised, given the nature of these movies, that Medea doesn't have like some twin that he also plays. So there's two Medeas running around. <sighs> he does play a um, a Vietnam veteran. Who has to talk through uh, a voice box, and he's missing his legs. Okay. So that I mean that if you're wondering what what and this character's in it a lot and he uh they he yeah and he's just as horny as everybody else. So. All right. Uh, <laughs> if you're wondering what the the the, the type of uh yeah, I... that you're looking at here. That that that's that's about right. I think he there's a ba- there's somebody who's gonna like that comedy, and mm-hmm. I don't know if it was as well timed this time. I I don't know if 
I mean, going off of the the box office, uh, Medea Family Funeral opened to twenty seven million, <laughs> right? Um, which is one of the big. If I'm looking at this right, it's one of the bigger. Yeah, it's his fifth biggest opening, um, for especially at this point because the Medea character's been around for almost fifteen years now. Yeah. Uh, it seemed like peak Medea fever was in around two, the like late two thousands when Medea goes to jail. But, but yeah, peak peak Medea fever. Medea goes to jail. Opened in February of two thousand nine to forty one million. Right. It's still his highest grossing film for ninety million. Um, yeah, because uh, yeah, you get the um, let's see, yeah, Medea Halloween. That was a huge hit because that was seventy three million. Right. Uh, but I can I get I get it. I get why yeah, so the Medea Halloweens are a big one. I get it. I mean, all these are fairly consistent. Like the Medea, I mean, the uh, Witness Protection, Family Reunion, Why Did I Get Married? Like these are all like sixty, like forty to sixty million dollar movies, with the exception of a few. Like yeah, they're certainly they know what audience they're trafficking right. trafficking with. I'm but, not the I, I wasn't the audience. Like they weren't ever trying to pander to me for one second. Uh-huh. Um, so I, but I I understood that. I I went with somebody. Unsurprisingly, who's... these are not doing great overseas. <laughs> I just want to point that. Out. I, I I can see I can I get that. And 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 like I said, uh, my my theater was packed and people were laughing and people were laughing very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I <laughs> they were laughing very hard and I at points when I was like, wow, that I don't understand. But at that point, I I thought of watching Grown Ups or something like that. And mm-hmm. when something weird would happen or somebody would get hit in the groin and somebody would bust out laughing, and I'm like, okay, there's a specific audience for this. Yeah, and there's probably someone writing a better report on it than we are delivering this podcast right now oh, as yeah. far as the kind of <laughs> matching up the audience perception right. with box office versus critical appraisal, which matters next to nothing when it comes to this kind of thing, um, and just and you know basic demographics. And I actually would be very – I'd be very curious what the matching up of – these movies against others that are falling in a similar area, but how, what kind of kindness you get when it comes to the reviews of those films versus films like these. Cause I think there are probably some interesting things to say about that. Um, but regardless, I guess the way to wrap this up before we move on is, you know, we, we talk about how like Tyler Perry has been, he's created like a good stable for black actors. Yeah. What is the best direction to go from here? Like, I know Tyler Perry's not going to stop making movies, but at the same time, you do have like, I mean, I know you're not the biggest fan of Kevin Hart, but he's certainly, you know, he's 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 among the bigger comedy stars that you know right. that are black these days. But you have a yeah. producer like Will Packer, who's made a lot of films recently. Um, he's, I mean, he's certainly he's a he he's a producer he's a producer that's you know a successful black producer that's made a lot of like films right. that are essentially taking premises that you've seen many times. It just has to happen to have all you know a black ensemble cast yeah, right. for a difference. I think. Are you talking about the next step for Tyler Perry? Yeah, I, I, I guess the next step in. I mean. I think I mean I mean okay so he has a fan base I I think um he could produce movies he could he could still direct movies I I he he I I equate him to um the way he how his fan base or his 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 the direction he goes from here to Spike Lee or something he's he's so far off the grid he has his fan base he's not really going to rein it in at any point it's not like whatever I say is going to is going to mean anything to him he i can see him having a long career as a writer director mm-hmm. i think this this character's a little tired um just i think it's probably why he's retiring him because he, he yeah he 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 said he had uh wanted he didn't want to be the same age as her 
right? <laughs> that's, that yeah. was his that was his whole thing, which I thought was that that's fine. That's clever. It's self aware. I get that's that. Self aware, yeah. you know. And and I'm and in 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 you know in the past few years he's he's been in uh, acting. Uh, he's 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 in Gone Girl, uh, which I really loved him in. Uh, he's, he's in Vice. He's in Vice, and I think he's, he's good Vice. as Colin Powell. <laughs> right, exactly. So I, he's, he he's Baxter Stockman in the Turtles right. movie. Like I, I, I do think he's a good screen presence. I have pointed this out before. I do think right. he, as an actor outside of his own devices, I think he's actually. They know how people know directors know how to utilize him because well, I do think he could be a good actor given the, the opportunity. Right. I, I think. I think he. I think he understands that, and I think he he has a future in in pretty much anything he wants to it, it, he has a future that doesn't necessarily meet doesn't necessarily have him going back into kind of a mainstream audience he can make these he's going to make his money he can make his, these independent films just like spike does mm-hmm. well cool i mean i i i am a fan of, of this conversation we had about this movie and about this these, <laughs> the, the medea movies in general because i think there's a lot to glean from looking at something outside of just the you know under a microscope as opposed to just saying oh that's another one of these uh, so I, I i am happy that you went under <laughs> out of your way to, to see this film so we can have this conversation um I, I and of course you know anyone any listeners that do are fans of video movies or what have you or just happen to see them be happy to hear your opinions you can you know send us a message over on our facebook page or it, of course i think it would be interesting to hear from somebody that enjoys these movies and really yeah, enjoys sure. these movies um, I, I, I think my grandmother used to watch these movies and she really enjoyed them. And mm-hmm. for, for, for all those reasons that we just said, just, uh, religious reasons, uh, that seeing a whole entire black cast is, mm-hmm. you know, it's something that we're, we're starting to see in the past 10 years, but I, I grew up and I, it was very rare, um, outside of like bad boys or whatever mm-hmm. to see like a majority black cast. So, or the, where the, the leads were black, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I get it and I understand it and, and, you know, more power to you. I, I will say my mom had seen uh, at least a couple of Medea movies. I don't think she kept going with them, but I, I know she, right. she, cause she was actually a fan of his, his, his as a playwright. Uh, she had seen right. like the Diary of a Mad, a Mad Black Woman. She, she'd right. seen that play. She'd seen a couple of his productions. So I, I know that's part of where that comes from. Uh, you talk about bad boys for a second. Say what you will about Michael Bay, and I do admire a lot of what Michael Bay does. I will always respect him for fighting to have Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. He fought, right. he fought for them to be the lead characters. The, the Sony was against it because at that time, quote unquote, black actors don't equal box office. Like that was literally what was going on then. And Michael Bay fought for them to be the leads of that movie. Um, so you know, <laughs> it whatever is for 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 guys our age. Mm-hmm. People are. It is a memorable film. It, yeah, <laughs> I would. You know, I would put it as you know, as oh, something my... that when I grew up, when mm-hmm. I grew up watching film, I, I saw Bad Boys, and I was like, wow, that's that's super interesting. Well, one of the guys' names Marcus, but mm-hmm. that I was like, that's super <laughs> interesting. That's so cool. That's awesome. I I agree, but yeah, I mean, that's that that is something I always give credit to Michael Bay for. It's like he knew that chemistry. He knew it would work. He he doesn't even right. care about what this the studio said would sell. He knew it would sell. And guess yeah. what? He made a bunch of money off that and now he's Michael Bay, for better or worse. So, <laughs> oh, oh man. Yeah, I undercut my own statement by saying that. <laughs> but there we go. Let's uh all right. So I think we've wrapped up by as usual, we wrapped up a heavy topic by talking about Michael Bay. So let's move on now. <laughs> of course. Let's um Well yeah, there's no game this week. For oh, yes. Marcus, because he already won the ultimate game of seeing my, my Tyler Perry's a Medea family funeral. <laughs> oh, um, my God. 
but we can move on to a little out now with pro, uh sorry a little out now feedback 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 uh, where we go over some of the various questions and answers on our facebook page facebook.com podcast we asked a number of questions for you the listener and you gave us answers then you gave us some questions as well uh, so here we go first question we have here marcus feel free to chime in as well um favorite films about family gatherings chris has national lampoon's christmas vacation Justin has, I think, Get Out may fit here. Uh, uh, that's a good one. Todd has The Royal Tannenbaums. Christopher has Anything Not Medea Would Be Great. The film <laughs> Death at a Funeral is a great alternative to amateurish mediocrity. Uh, David has The Big Chill. Christopher has Soul Food, Four Brothers, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Death at a Funeral, the original, Much Ado About Nothing, Almost Christmas, and Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. That's a wide variety wow, of things right yeah. there. <laughs> Uh, and Scott has Ozu's Tokyo Story and Capra's You Can't Take It With You. Oh, wow. Okay. Awesome. I, I, I like th- that Get Out. That That's awesome. That's, that's I, a fun that's a fun that's, pick for that's, that's a good. That's a clever, that's a clever mm-hmm. pick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, let's see. Next question we have here. What are some films that you enjoy that involve stalkers? This is in reference to Greta, which also came out this weekend. Um, Justin has... Cable Guy, Fatal Attraction, One Hour Photo, wouldn't What About Bob and Misery be in this category? Of course they would. Um, what About Bob is fantastic. Yeah, that is fantastic. <laughs> um, Todd has Wayne's World. Jeffrey has Vertigo. Rachel has Does Rear Window Count? I suppose. Yeah. Uh, fix- there's, a, there's a fixation. Stalking that's for sure. of some kind. Yeah. Uh, Mike has, as much as I hate to say it, Fear with Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Um, and Chris has It Follows. Um, perfect answer. Um, <laughs> favorite films about stalkers? Um, I, you know what? There was a film, was it The Fan? Yeah, with Tony Sc- uh, the Tony Scott film with Robert De Niro. With and Robert Wesley De Niro Snipes. and Wesley Snipes. Yeah. That was really, it was like in San Francisco. Yeah, and yeah, the guy was, he was supposed like, to be Barry Bonds or something. Because he, he, he just got traded to the Giants. Yeah, That's that was right. Thing. Yeah. He was anywhere like an earring on one ear, like very. So I, I, I'll go with that. I'll go with that one. I like, and it looked weird because he like he was bald in that movie, and I hadn't yeah. seen Wesley Snipes bald before at that point. And he, I think I think he has a mustache, or maybe he's just clean shaven the whole. Way. Regardless, it's like, oh, Wesley Snipes, he like bulked up to be a baseball player. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> and like Leguizamo and Ellen Barkin are like radio hosts, and like yeah, uh, De Niro yeah, like calls yeah. in every day. He's talking about how much he loves uh, Wesley Snipes' character and how he's a great trade and all this stuff. It's a sick. It's a and I, I, Benicio del Toro's in there too. He plays like one of the baseball players. It's a. I like the I, I like the fan. Sense. Like it, it's a. Because it was like a, it was a Tony Scott movie that wasn't Jerry Bruckheimer, so it was just like okay. it was just like really intense. <laughs> <laughs> it was super intense. It's an intense movie. Um, and like, oh yeah, we should just talk all about the fan because at the end of the fan, it's like he's kidnapped Wesley Snipes' kid at that point, yeah, and then like, and he's forcing him to play baseball, and it's raining, but it's like we can't call the game or else he's gonna kill my kid. <laughs> it's wild. It's a wild movie. <laughs> Um, all right, next question we have here. What did our listeners think of the Oscars? Highlights, surprises. Uh, Rachel writes, love no host. I was fine with all the winners. I like how each BP nom took home an award. Uh, Mary has, hopefully they'll continue to have no host. I certainly did not having, miss having one this year. Justin has, I watched the Oscars through you guys. Best two episodes yet. Well, thank you, Justin. Um, <laughs> Marcus, did you watch the Oscars? I did watch the Oscars. What What did you think of the whole uh, the, of, the, of the ceremony, regardless um, of the winners? You, what do you think you know of the ceremony? What? You know what? Uh, I I didn't mind no host. I I I I, I really didn't. Uh, I'm not like you said. I'm not a big fan of Kevin Hart, but you know, I, I 
you know, when Kevin got got announced as the host, I was kind of like, okay, fine, whatever, you know. And you had sent me a link um, to inform me. (laughs) (laughs) So, but um, but I think it went pretty well. I, you know what? It started off on a good note because they had Amy Poehler, uh, Tina Fey, and what's her name? Maya Rudolph. Maya Rudolph starting it, and they said we're going to do an extended. Uh, we're going to be up here just long enough so that the post thinks that we hosted the show, and I think that was the that was what they needed. They needed a strong start. Well, here's what I so like uh, overall. I and I talked about this a lot last week. Should we all talk about this? Mm-hmm. I didn't. I I would say I didn't like the ceremony. It's not because it didn't flow well or what. Okay. It wasn't a pacing thing. It's just the overall show did end up being over three hours and. While you know you didn't have a host to kind of bog things down further, I suppose you also had no flavor. Like there just wasn't anything going on in the show. There were some nice speeches, the musical stuff was fine, and you had the one with Brian Tyree Henry and Melissa McCarthy coming out in the big costumes. That was I funny. Could've, I could have used more of that. Like there just wasn't okay. any of that. And so I, I think the if you wanted to keep going about a host, that's fine. I just think the you need an opener. I think I think an opener will be and Queen's not. I'm sorry, whatever that was, it wasn't Queen, and it was not cutting it for me. <laughs> like, I, I, if you, if you get like a comedian to come out, regardless, or three comedians, whoever, come out, do like a fun intro where you just you know they're just roasting the audience or saying right. jokes, what have you. I think that's a fun way to start off the ceremony, which is clearly what they recognize. They recognize right. they couldn't just like start the show and be like, and now presenting. Like, you need, yeah, you need something to open it. I don't need an MC coming in like halfway through to be like, "Hey guys, it's still me." And guess what? I changed my tuxedo. Uh, think, by the way, I, here's the difference. I don't need that. But I think you know. they did. They did. They they had that strong. I know there was other people that came out and tried to joke around, but mm-hmm. I think it, it went as well as the Oscars. It, it's not going to be the Independent Spirit Awards or anything like that. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I that's my favorite award because they just go crazy. They they just mm-hmm. they have skits and they have you know skits in the middle. They have it, it reminds me of like kind of older oscars like a billy crystal oscars Uh but it's if it's not gonna ever be like that again then you know this is fine i didn't really mind yeah again i didn't mind not having a host i just i i wish there was something more to go on to talk about beyond look how little happened (laughs) (laughs) that seems like my main takeaway and it's like I, i didn't need it to be i didn't as much as I, we were, it seems like everybody in the world is predicting like some kind of train wreck from the Oscars. I would have pref- not necessarily preferred a train because I don't want things to go bad, but it would have been nice to have something to go with beyond. Oh, that was nice. That was pleasant. It's like it's the Oscars. Like yeah. have a have a big stupid show. I don't care. Like I think Remy Malik fell off the stage. He did after the Oscars. Like, he fell off during the Oscars. Uh, like, oh my god, I can't believe this terrible. All movie on camera, <laughs> Remy. But, <laughs> but uh, I was reading some facts about like just run times and whatnot, and like the highest rated Oscars was like 2002, which was also four and a half hours long. It's the year Denzel yeah. and Halle Berry won for Best Actor and Best Actress. Right. I don't think like, it has anything to do with runtime. No, I don't either. It's like, so what are we proving here? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think it had anything to do with the runtime. I ne- I don't think the runtime was the reason why they were getting such low uh, viewership. I was but like, I, oh, okay. But I, but I think ABC and the Academy, I think they're convinced that that's a part of it. And I'm just like, that doesn't feel like the issue, yeah. guys. Like, people that watch the Oscars, they want to watch the Oscars. There's no right. one, no one sitting at home thinking, oh, there's no host, but this person will present at some point in the night, and it's, it's. I've been told it's only going to be three hours. I guess I know what I'm doing now. Like, I'm like <laughs> so if Jimmy Kimmel would have come out there and done the same thing, you think it would have been better? I. I think it'd be negligible. Okay. Uh, 
Like, I might have more to say, but because then you do like whatever skit thing that would happen too, and there'd right. be people to be like, "This was terrible. This wasted our time." And then other people be like, "Oh, that was pleasant." Like, for I don't think, for yeah. how for how much I'm not necessarily a fan of Kevin Hart, I think he would have done a good job. I think he would have brought an interesting uh, an interesting brand of comedy that is not kind of the Jimmy Kimmel comedy. I love Jimmy, but Kevin has a little rougher to the point comedy and maybe he brings like some NBA stars out there or something like that. He oh, does yeah. he, maybe the yeah. rocks out there doing push-ups with them or something. Mm-hmm. So, and just all the short jokes, but I mean, I mean yeah, I mean, it's not going to be Chris rock who I think was great both times, but right. I mean, I, but yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Not to analyze your Kevin Hart thoughts too much, <laughs> but like, is it just like him in films or is it just his stand? Um, I think he's, I think he's, uh, the same note uh over and over again i i don't think it's lazy i just mm-hmm. think it's oversaturation of the same note and i and i've it, it's fine that i, I could agree with i'm not i'm not, I'm not, not a I'm, huge i'm not a huge fan mm-hmm. of his stand-up mm-hmm. um i think his stand-up is a lot of uh it, it's almost it's almost too informal for me <laughs> yeah kind of you know I, I, but i i'm a big fan of like other guys that you could say that I'm a big fan of John Mulaney and I'm a big who kind of just talks randomly sounds well, like also, he's talking randomly so I don't know I mean Mulaney I think is, is on about, a he's he's on a level where it's like he's doing he's like a, old fashioned style comedy he's a Seinfeld guy. I yeah. think he's like a Seinfeld guy mm-hmm. but uh it's not like I don't like other comics that sound Kevinish or do kind of what Kevin Hart's doing Kevin just his stuff his jokes are some of his jokes go on too long. They hit the same note. It's the same thing I have with Cat Williams. I'm not a huge Cat Williams fan. I'm not either. Yeah. I think his his materials a lot of it's just used up. He uses it really frequently over and over again. This yeah. joke is similar to that joke. You know where Cat Williams is great though? His episode of Atlanta. It is. He is great. Alligator Man. Yeah. That that is that's one of the best. Give him a drama. Him. I'll watch that. <laughs> He's great. great. And it yeah. sounded like he was just ad libbing. Yeah. Like he was. Yeah. They just said Cat go. And mm-hmm. he just went. I'm like, okay, that's the Cat Williams I like. And that's why Little I think he, And that's why I think there's something about him as as Hart as an Oscar host that I think could work because it's less. You mean there'll be some prepared stuff, obviously, but I do think him just going. I think that's kind of the best version of Hart. I think that a lot of these comedians like that. They're as much as it's like fun to be like, oh my god, they sold out these stadiums or what have you. I think some right. of them are at their best when they're just being like, just be here and do this and see what you can come up with, and they yeah. can do that. So like there's Hart. there's a lot of Kevin Hart stuff that I've laughed at at like when he's doing press interviews. Uh huh. That's it's funny, but it's like three minutes of Kevin Hart, and I get it, and it's fine. It's funny. He he plays really well. He knows he's he's good. I'm not who am I? I'm gonna tell you Kevin Hart's good. Everybody knows he's he's good at whether whether I say it's it or not. It's a riffing thing. I mean, there's and I think that's why he and The Rock work together a lot because they're just they there's something about that chemistry that works for them, whether or not it pays off in films. And I would say for the most part it kind of has, but I, I do think it there's something there that clearly like sparks between them and that gets them going as far as riffing and ad libbing as opposed to doing prepared jokes. No, you. Yeah. I, I, I like this because we, we we bring this out when we, we when <laughs> Abe and I talk about Kevin Hart with you, yeah. and it's like I don't think any of us are really far off from what you're saying because I, I don't I, Kevin Hart's not like this <laughs> this like you know, comedian on the top of my list of like guys I can't wait to see. It's just like, yeah, he's funny occasionally. Like I don't have any I, I strong think, opinion I, on him. I think I, I think I find him a little bit more annoying yeah, than so that's you guys fair. do. You guys don't, uh, I think it's like, okay, fine. He's kids, Kevin Hart. I'll go see a Kevin Hart movie. I'm not totally opposed to seeing a Kevin Hart movie. And me, I'm like, well, 
uh, how an hour and a half of Kevin Hart's a little too much for me. That's fair. I try to see one a year, you know, <laughs> as opposed to the three he puts out there. So we just see how that goes. This has been Heart Chat. Um, let's move on. Let's now we get to our question. We got one question this week, which is incredibly timely because it's it happened just recently. Uh, Scott asks, should movies that only show on Netflix be considered for Oscars? Scorsese thinks yes. Spielberg says no. So to provide a little bit of context, Spielberg apparently like what, he he wanted to make a proposal to the Academy just recently that that films on Netflix should not qualify for Oscars. Essentially, that's what it boils down to. Um, I should note Spielberg is a he you know he's Amblin is his production company. Amblin happened to uh, be one of the producers on Green Book, um, which already won, which makes it even more weird. It's like you already won the battle, dude. Like what are you still, still champion? You're still going against Roma? Like you hate it that much? Like I don't know. Um, I just I don't I don't I don't understand that that kind of mentality. I get I get it. Uh, if you have a stake in the, in in theater play or if whatever whatever your stake is like that, but if Netflix is paying you the money. Uh, it's the way of the future is is vod um uh subscription based uh movies uh this is it's just what's gonna happen um i love seeing things in theaters there's things that are meant to see in the i couldn't imagine seeing free solo on my phone oh boy but <laughs> yeah i couldn't imagine i wouldn't i yeah. would you know on your watch I'm, I'm, i i you know i record <laughs> i recorded free solo on my um on uh it's playing on national geographics tonight and i'm kind of like eh, i was gonna show my wife like uh, just imagine it's a bigger giant tv you know it's so, not like as much as i like watching nolan films i don't watch them at home all that often because i just love seeing exactly. that imax experience so much right. like i i haven't watched the dark knight too many times outside of theaters even though right. i love the dark Knight. <laughs> right I, I i just don't understand the whole aspect of not being able to nominate these movies i don't mm -hmm. they're it doesn't make any sense to me. It seems especially weird that Spielberg's the one doing this because he's an innovator. He's right. a guy that back in the day, the older folks were against him. And right. now he's become them. It's, right. so, it's like, so like, really? <laughs> like, you're the one that's at like right. the foot of this? And meanwhile, one of his best pals, Scorsese, one of the guys that he grew up with, him, like, you know, as far as filmmaking goes, him and Lucas and Coppola and De Palma, like they're all <laughs> buds from back in the day. And Scorsese's like, yeah, I, the, a studio is not producing my film for the budget that I need. Here's one that actually is. Right. Yeah, they're a little new, but guess what? I'm making the $150 million De Niro, Pacino, Keitel, Pepeshi movie. Exactly. I'm gonna put it in, and Netflix is going to put it in the theaters for and me. And people are going to watch it. People cause... are going to watch it. They're going to watch it at home. They're going to watch it in the theater. Right. Right. <laughs> I, 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 you're right. He was an innovator. I, I, I did see that, that documentary, and it he's – He's going against everybody. He's, he's making the color purple, and he's mm -hmm. doing this, and he's he's thinking outside the box. Mm -hmm. And now he's the old guy that's going, you know, mm, he shouldn't do that because, you know, it, it doesn't sound better on CD. You know, and it, you're losing something. I can so. I, I try to see the angles of this argument because I know there are some that are like, yeah, he has a point. And it comes down to like, you know, well, why shouldn't it be considered for Emmys? Does that mean other TV movies should also be categorized? And I what for me, what it comes to, there's two things it comes down to. One is Netflix is still a new studio. Like, I feel like they still have to find their footing in all of right. this. And for what it is, they're getting, you know, they're getting the Coen brothers and Koran and Scorsese to make feature films right. on their pro on their like their under their brand that happens to also produce TV. I, I get I guess a sense of that as far as 
some of their stuff goes for Emmys and some goes for Oscars. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like we're like really boiling it down to like the nitty gritty to try to he's qualify. Ch- he's what trying to get him a on film. a technicality, like yeah, and it's like. Each, just, okay. just, it seems like you just need a break as far as, like, let them figure this stuff out. Is there an ideal way they could be doing this where they, like, give a film multiple months on in a theater run before they move on? Sure. But at the same time, things are difficult out there for theaters as well as far as right. what movies are tr- being able to even put out there. What, even for indep- especially for independent film, how many theaters right. they're able to secure and whatnot. So, it, so it's hard for me to be like... Roma doesn't count as a film because it only screened for like a month, but it's like, well, how long did like Shoplifter screen? And right. how many how many cities was that in? Like, right. I'm not even too sure Roma would have been a super wide release. I, honestly, if it was not Netflix or, or if it was a, a, another studio, I don't know how long it would have been. It's it's yeah, that still would have been like an L.A. New York release right. only for like a week. Like right. out in it. yeah, it's. Uh, I just, it's hard. It's hard for me to comprehend like what the what the logic against this is, especially as you're saying the way of the future is especially a big part of it for a lot, not just for Roma or you know giant you know more I don't know quote unquote esteemed filmmakers, but just people that are getting their foot in the door, mm-hmm. and you're suddenly telling them their movie doesn't count as a movie because of the of the streaming service that they that that graciously bought up their film to begin with. It's like it's not like someone went to Sundance and was like. You know, I I hope my movie still counts as a movie because when we started making this, you know, years ago and I used my life savings and I'm telling my personal story right. only to be told that it's a TV movie now. It's like, what is what is where's the logic here? Right. I don't I can't quite comprehend it. Is it something to the effect where he's it's it's it looks like he's picking up the ladder behind him kind of. That's what it seems like. Yeah. I don't know if he's doing it, but he's at the top and he's like, no, 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 no. You got to get over here to get seen. That's what it comes to out as that's it's, what it, it does that's, that's what, what that's the impression that i'm getting and i'm just like well why, why are you the arbiter of rules on this for one thing but also like right. how how do you how I, if there's a greater <laughs> point he's trying to make as far as like this is how they should be doing it have that meeting with netflix i feel like right. kind of like give them some advice that not don't like stave them off and be like you're doing it wrong tell them how to do it right in your opinion if that's so important to you it's so it's such a it's a weird thing for Spielberg of all people to be the one that's like you know yeah. dying on the hill for as far right. as w- what movies count. The other thing that I keep thinking of too is how much does this matter in the long run? Like how many? And I brought this up before on the podcast, but it's like I you know I didn't see Godfather for the first time in a movie theater. Like, but does, so does it count as a movie? Because since I like right. probably first saw it on TV at some point, right. like what 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 does this matter in the grand scheme of things? Like well, Rome is never going to be in theaters again. It's only it's only going to be on TVs for now. On, there's some fantastic um, HBO produced movies that I've that I mm-hmm. think should have gotten nominated for something. There's fantastic Netflix movies. Uh, there's Hulu, Amazon. There's it's just the way it's going. It's the way it's going. It's yeah. It's where things are ending up, and it's a matter of you know how much how much new in the academy are we going to allow here? What what's going? What are the steps that are being taken? Right. And you know Netflix is they put their foot in the door. And it's weird to be arguing this much of for Netflix, but like they've, they're they're trying to tap into something that seems I, unique. I would yeah. I would assume the, uh, the Academy is going to bend over backwards to get these movies that everybody's seen. Mm-hmm. More the the more the better. This is the way it's been going for the past couple years, right? Um, that's another one. They think it's a long runtime, and they think not as many people have seen 
these movies. And so we need to get more popular movies. We need to get more family-friendly movies. We need to get something in there. We need to have a popular uh, category, something like that. So <laughs> I don't think they're going to do any – they're, they're going to look to Netflix and go, hey, everybody has a Netflix subscription. Everybody has an Amazon Prime subscription. What movies do you have? What movies can we are we looking at here? Give us an Oscar-nominated movie. Give us a movie to nominate. I'll be very curious what happens next year, where Scorsese's film The Irishman is supposed to go on to like a wide, a wide theatrical release. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be curious if the end, which me, the the other thing is, you know, Netflix doesn't report their, like, no one knows how much money Roma made at the box office. Like, they right. don't release those numbers because they don't really have to. And I'll be very curious what changes once you get to, you know, The Irishman's presumably getting a bigger release. And presumably being an Oscar tender, The Irishman could also be a terrible movie, and we don't talk about it ever again. But I doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> but, so I'll be curious what happens next year when the Oscars, you know, they both format their show to configure to what worked this year, as well as how they rule in terms of which movies count as movies. Right. So, that's right. where we are now. We have to consider what movies count as movies. <laughs> um. Okay. So that was feedback. 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 Uh, Let's uh, start wrapping things up here. Let's move on to what's out now. Out now, presents what's out now. These are movies that are coming out on Blu-ray, <clears> Netflix, <throat> and Prime, and all that. Feel free to get a yay or nay to any of these as I say them. Uh, first up, we have the favorite. Which the favorite. Oh, I love that movie. That that was in my top ten. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next. You know I was a yay. <laughs> I know. Uh, it was my uh, wife's favorite movie of the year. There you go. There we go. Uh, Creed two. Oh, it's it, it's enjoyable. I like Creed 2. I like Creed 2 a lot. Um, it's, a, it's in my top five Rocky movies. Yeah, there we go. I ranked them. It's, in my, it's, in my, it's like number four. Number three, is, number three is number one? <laughs> uh, number one's still number one. Creed, okay. Creed uh-huh. is number two. Um, Wait, is Rocky 2 number two? Or is Creed? No, Rocky, sorry. Rocky Balboa is number three. Then Creed 2. Then I think Rocky 2. Yeah, so yeah, there you go. Okay. I like, I like Creed two quite a bit. You like Creed two more than Creed? No, I like no Creed's number Creed's number two. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry. Where does two, Rocky two. three fall into this? This is getting kind of Rocky three. And it's Hulk Hogan. Rocky three is second to the bottom. <laughs> oh wow! Oh man, you 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 in the in the minority with that one, I think. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Rocky five is at the bottom. I think oh, Rocky. Okay. I, I, <laughs> I think Rock, Rocky Three's issue for me is that it's Rocky's fault that things happen. Yeah, I mean, it's his his ego gets it's in the just... way. <laughs> where where in the other where in the other films, even yeah, Four is still a cartoon, but the, at least Four he's trying to fight back for something. I think Three, it's I mean it has that training montage which is great with Apollo. Yeah, on the on the beach. I'll put it this way: I don't dislike any Rocky film. Okay, even Rocky Five has its moments. Like I mean, there's no Rocky film I dislike. Okay. You know. There you go. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Instant Family with Octavia Spencer. <laughs> oh, what is that? She's one of the like the the people helping with the foster care service. Oh, so she's like, I so know. she's like a teacher. So essentially, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was fine though. Like it, it does its job. It's, it's fun. Uh, let's see, Burning. Uh, I liked Burning. Quite a bit. I never. I didn't see it. It's good. It's quite good. I didn't see. It. I heard uh, mixed reviews from Mark. That's when I was in the last one. Yeah, Mark. Yeah, Mark was mixed on it. Abe was a little mixed on it. But uh, I was a big fan. I know our friend of the show, Terrence Johnson. He's a big. He was his number one movie of the year. Um, oh wow! Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I uh, I think if you got into it, you'd probably dig it. No one you. I think you probably dig what we do. <laughs> no, um, okay. Let's see. Ben is back. 
Um, I liked Ben is back. I never saw it. It's 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 my favorite of the the uh, my kids doing drugs movies from last year. <laughs> it... <laughs> That's good. I like that. Yeah. Uh, Vox Lux. Uh, this movie was wildly divisive among people. I really liked Vox Lux quite a bit. <laughs> it was only in my uh, area for like a week. Mm. I really I did want to see it though. Uh, let's see. The Clove Hitch Killer. This is a small indie horror film that came out. I have heard a lot of good things about this one. Friend of the show, Brandon Peters and Jim Dietz are both big on this one. I want to check this one out as soon as I can. Um, Prospect. This is another one that came out for like a week. It's like a sci-fi film. I've heard some good things about, though. Um, mm. I want to check that out at some point. And something called The Standoff at Sparrow Creek, which I've also heard good things about. I have okay. no idea what it is, though. <laughs> I've, okay. I've just heard the title and, think, and heard it's good. Uh, TV stuff. We have Fear of the Walking Dead season four. Uh, this oh, is wait, season... wait, I heard that's going a little bland. It's been no, no, no. no. <laughs> season four. This they've rebooted the whole show because the first three seasons are very bland, and they're like, let's do it this way, and it worked out well. Okay. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good show now. Okay. It got, it got to as one that because I co-host a Walking Dead podcast as right. one that as one that does that. I, it, it was impressive to see that this show actually became better than The Walking Dead Prime for a bit there. So, oh, wow. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, Krypton Season 1. <laughs> Is that sci-fi? Yep. That's on Swifi, yes. Okay. Uh, Swifi, yeah. Yeah. I like, like when Man of Steel came out, the, ma- the main thing I praised was the series finale of the Krypton show that they were telling at the beginning. <laughs> and, now there, and now there actually is a Krypton show, which I have no interest in watching. Oh, yeah, I don't know how good it can be. Uh, well, we know how it's going to end. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, House of Cards season six. This is the final season with just Robin Wright and not that other guy that apparently we didn't talk about anymore. <laughs> uh, this is a wonky season for obvious reasons. Um, as one that watched House of Cards, it did they cut them out like they did that movie, or did they just film? <laughs> did they just yeah, yeah, Chris, yeah, Christopher Plummer plays the president Plummer. now. It's wild. <laughs> no, they just they killed him off, which you know right away. But it's yeah. like. It, it seems very apparent that they had to write around a lot of things because they clearly had story to tell for what was already going to be the final season, but they had to like reconfigure it. So it's just really weird and clunky and not that great, even though everyone involved is still doing their job. It's just like, eh, okay. it's it's a it's an impossible situation for them to have to deal with. So okay. they did the best they could. Uh, let's see. On Arrow this week, we have Sister Street Fighter Collection. Uh, the spinoff from the Sunny Chiba Street Fighter films, which are also getting a release uh, later on, um, down the lo- a few weeks from now, I think, uh, for Street Fighter fans out there. Not the arcade game, but the martial arts films. Um, and on Shot Factor this week, we have The Deadly Mantis, The Craft, and California, with a hard K. The Craft? Yeah. The Craft, yes. It's back in a new anniversary edition oh, okay. Blu-ray package. All right. All you- all the crafters. <laughs> okay. I assume that's what the fan base is called. Crafters. Yeah, I assume so. Yeah. Sounds about and right. Ca- and Cal- have you seen California with Brad Pitt and Juliette Lewis and David Duchovny? I have not. It's a. Uh, that's one of his. That's one of those early roles where Brad Pitt was like, he was he was playing up the like, well, I'm super handsome apparently because that's what everyone <laughs> likes before. So I'm gonna play weird movies. So he played California and like Twelve Monkeys. You know these ones where he's playing like unhinged, crazy people. And a lot of people think this is one of his best performances. I think it's good. Like it's not great, but I think it's like, oh, that's neat. Like it's that's a like if you watch it now, you'd be like, oh, that's fun seeing young Brad Pitt prank like a crazy person. That's that's a neat way to take. Is it, it the same uh, thing he plays in Twelve Monkeys? 
Yeah, Twelve Monkeys is better. I mean, he got an Oscar okay. nomination for Twelve Monkeys. Yeah. I mean, no, like in Twelve Monkeys, is like mentally unstable. Like it's actually right. different. California is just playing like it's like a it's like a natural born killers without the social commentary. Like that's what it feels. And which both have Juliet Lewis. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. But like, yeah, it's like natural born killers without like the kind of Oliver Stone ness of it. Okay. It's actually it was it was Dominic Senna's first film who went on to do Guns, oh, wow. Sixty Seconds, Yeah, and uh, Swordfish. In those movies, like that was his first movie, California, <laughs> so, with a K. Okay, yeah, with a K. Yeah, that's the most time ta- we've we've spiked up the California <laughs> rains, right? That's the most time we've talked about California anywhere in a while. Uh, let's see on Netflix this week, The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind. I mentioned that earlier. That's very good. I'd recommend it. And I'm on Prime this week. We have a series called The Widow with uh, with Kate Beckinsale. Oh, I've been seeing uh, little trailers for it. I keep yeah I keep seeing like little ads and like just the mm-hmm. poster on the Amazon like front page because it's their big series. She's dating Pete Davidson, so maybe I'll watch it. And um, <laughs> I I wrote this down because for A, but he's not even stinking here. Major Pain is on Prime this week. Oh, that's Blanks. awesome! <laughs> <laughs> With, uh, yeah. Oh, I've seen it like ten million times. Yeah, yeah. that that's <laughs> it would I've be that and Bad Boys. Like those are my my youth. Uh, uh, 95 was a big black year for you, huh? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, let's watch, let's watch Blank Band later. We'll get that going. Oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> get oh. Damon and, and and Dag. Let's get all that going. <laughs> oh, Next man. week's show, we're talking Captain Marvel. All right. Yeah, the uh, latest MCU film. Um, and, uh, yeah, so with that said, the last thing we do here, what should people go and see now? What do you plan to see next? Marcus, what should people see in theaters right now? Um, In theaters right now? Um... Well, if you want to go see Tyler Perry, you can. Um, but uh, I, I want to, I want to say go to go to Amazon or go to a Hulu and watch. Um, what was it? Mining the gap. Mining the gap. I, yeah, right. I, it's it's just on my mind. Um, what am I gonna see next? It, I I still haven't seen Elite Battle Angel, and I'm really interested in seeing that. Um, but fighting with my family is probably what I'm gonna see before I go see anything else i don't know uh if climax comes over here i'll see climax i'm kind of semi-interested in um get, a, get your gaspar no on gaspar no i'm semi-interested he he has a very lars von Trieri thing that i like he's yeah, like that he's like that, that yeah. weird weird kid in the back that i go oh well, what's this kid about so mm-hmm. he's making a dance movie and you know step up is cool so, <laughs> you know, maybe it'll be like step up. We'll see. Uh, yeah, I would I would recommend Battle Angel. I think it's quite good. Um, yeah. Apollo Apollo Eleven, if you can see it, I certainly recommend it. Talked about it a lot earlier. Uh, Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Uh, that's back in theaters after winning its Oscar. Well deserved. That's awesome. Um, so uh, I, you know, if you haven't seen it already, what's wrong with you and why? And you should go correct that right. immediately. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Fighting with Family, I keep forgetting about that, but Fighting with Family, it's quite good also. I'd, I'd recommend that too. That's out in theaters now. And uh, yeah, next up, I am seeing Captain Marvel literally like 24 hours from, or 48 hours from now. So yeah, looking awesome. forward to it. Uh, but yeah, uh, with all that said, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work, my personal blog, thecodeazeek.com. All my written reviews are over there. You can find me writing about The Walking Dead at weliveentertainment.com. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Marcus Robinson, where can people find more of your work? Uh, at Movies Marcus on Twitter. I'll put I'll put the Tyler Perry review up on my on my at uh, moviesmarcus.com. And nice. Instagram me if mm-hmm. you're down for quick uh, reviews and uh, with... Uh, you know, it lasts about five seconds, but you can put your finger down and 
and read hold it. it and hold <laughs> it and hold it. But yeah, great. You can find all the other episodes of Out Now Theron and Abe over on iTunes, Audioboom, and Spotify. Feel free to email us at gmail.com, our Facebook and Twitter page, facebook.com slash Out Podcast, and twitter.com slash Out underscore podcast, and send plenty of clown gifts to Abe over at outnowpodcast.tumblr.com, preferably with a, a subtitle saying, Where's Abe? Um, all that said, Marcus, thank you for joining me this evening. Thank you for having me. Thank you for forcing me to go see this movie. Yep. I, I will return the gun. And, uh, <laughs> but no, was, I, I think we had a good discussion about Tyler Perry and all oh, yeah. And But yeah, no, happy to have you on as always. Happy to have a fun oh, yeah, show. You. Uh, thanks to the listeners for everything, for all the listening that you're doing. It helps our show keep going. And again, get those iTunes reviews in there. That'd be great too. Uh, but yeah, until next time when we go higher, further, faster, that's going to do it for this week's episode. So until then, so long and good